0: Good afternoon, everyone. The Sacramento City Council will please come to order. Would the clerk call the roll, please, to establish a quorum?
1: Thank you. Council Member Kaplan? Here. Council here. Member Leloy. Here. Council Member Talamantes? Here. Council Member Valenzuela? Here. Council Member Maple? Here. Vice Mayor Guerra? Here. Council Member Jennings? Here. Mayor Pro Tem Vang? I am here. And Mayor Steinberg?
0: I am here. Um, good afternoon again to everyone. Council Member Kaplan, would you please lead us? in the Land Acknowledgement and the Pledge of Allegiance.
2: Absolutely, if everybody can please rise. We're rising for our Land Acknowledgement, and it's for the opening acknowledgement in honor of Sacramento's indigenous peoples and tribal's lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisenan people, the Southern Maidu, the Valley and Plains Miwok, the Patwin-Wintun peoples, and the people of the Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us, still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather together today an active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. Please remain standing to say the pledge. Pledge. I, I pledge, pledge allegiance, allegiance
0: to the, to the flag, flag of, of the United, United States, States of America. America. And to the republic for which it stands one nation under god indivisible with liberty and justice for all well welcome to everyone welcome to my colleagues uh, welcome to the uh, city team and most importantly welcome to uh, the public uh, both uh, in the audience and those that uh, are watching online or on television we have a full agenda uh, today let me begin by asking the city attorney whether she has any report out of the closed session.
3: Um, I have nothing to report at this time, Mayor. Okay, thank, thank you.
0: you, Madam City Attorney. We begin tonight, before we get to the consent calendar and our discussion items, with a special presentation requested by our colleague from District 2, uh, Council Councilmember Sean Laloey, with regard to, the, to uh, the situation in Iran and the citizens in Iran. And I just want to thank you, first of all, for uh, bringing this forward. You know, we... Um, it, it, for many reasons, including um, giving maybe all of us some perspective on um, – sometimes we fight here and, and, and uh, we argue about many things, many important things, sometimes some not-so-important things, and then you see what's going on in Iran and what the people are struggling with, and uh, that perspective is very important. So don't want to take away your thunder,
4: but I just want to say thank you for bringing this forward. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Mayor, and um, I want to thank all my colleagues uh, for um, uh, allowing me to um, get this resolution. and And I'm very proud of our city um, it totally because the minute I asked for it, uh, Mr. Mayor, your immediate response was absolutely, and the rest of the colleagues were like, you know, absolutely, let's get this done. Um, you know, in the. This resolution was ready approximately, I want to say about three weeks ago, but I held on to it um, in the spirit of Women's um, History Month, and tomorrow being the International um, uh, uh, Women's um, Day Um, because they're they're linked. Uh, Just a quick um, overview, on September 16th, 2022, Massa Amini was laid to rest after being harassed, arrested, and ultimately killed by Iran's so-called morality police for simply wearing her hijab inc- incorrectly. Since her murder, the women of Iran have taken to the streets in more than 133 cities across the country to demand their basic rights and freedom to be respected, making their voices heard and demanding to be treated with dignity. Mr. Mayor, we have a, I have a very short video I would like to ask uh, uh, Madam Clerk if we can play that. I greatly appreciate it.
1: After you'll play the video.
5: To our brothers and sisters across the world, Iran is on the minds of many right now. Earlier this year, Massa Amini was brutally beaten and imprisoned by Iran's morality police because she wasn't wearing her hijab correctly. Amini died while at the hospital due to cardiac arrest. This led to massive protests across the country and by extension, massive government crackdown. Massa Amini wasn't the first victim of the brutal regime. No, not even close. The Iranian government has been inflicting terror on its people, particularly through the denial of basic human rights to women since the birth of its current regime. However, her death galvanized an entire country to action. It not only angered the people of Iran into protest, but it woke the world up to a reality which Iranians have experienced firsthand for decades. It was the last straw in a long history of hate, oppression, and violence. In the months following Massa's death, Iran's government has cracked down on protests through any means they deem necessary. Protesters have been shot dead in the streets. Women TikTok influencers have utilized their platform to criticize the Iranian government, many without a hijab, only to disappear. Protesters, over 450 as young as 10 years old, have been killed in cold blood as a warning against continual defiance. The Iranian people have suffered far too long. By raising awareness, our hope is that more and more people will know and be able to help. We appreciate your help in spreading our message
2: to the people of the world, especially the ones living in democratic countries. Your leaders don't listen to us, but they listen to you. Remember George Floyd? Today, Masa Amini is Iran's George Floyd. But why should you care? Why should you stand by us? A peaceful Iran means a peaceful Middle East, means less weapons and financial support to Russia for invading Ukraine, means less sponsorship of terrorism. Today, in the streets of Iran, People are being slaughtered for fighting for their human rights. Let your leaders know you care about Iran because you care about your country.
3: Connect us to the world. Be our voice.
6: As a student in Iran, I am deeply troubled by the ongoing chemical attacks on girls' schools across the country. I never imagined that my school, a place of learning and safety, could become a target of such a cruel and inhumane attack. These attacks are not isolated incidents but are part of a broader pattern of oppression and violence against women and girls. We demand that the international community take urgent action to address these attacks and hold those responsible accountable for their crimes. We need your support and solidarity as we continue our struggle for a future where all students can learn and thrive in safety and dignity.
4: Thank you. Um, Again, I want to uh, turn, um, turn the mic to some of the wonderful people that are here in the crowd. But I think it's also very important for everybody to recognize that in the last week to week and a half, over 100 schools in Iran that were only um, school for girls have been attacked by the regime with um, chemical gas um, bombs or poisonous gas to a point that few uh, have died. Um, and the, the outcome of it is... The doctors are not allowed to tell these individuals about what's in their blood, so they're a- expecting these wonderful girls and women that they will have some major future complication, whether it's cancer, whether being able to bear a child, and this is an attack on um, on the women's of Iran, and um and that's what we're here today. It's a bravery of the women's that knowing that what going out there that they might get shot and killed, they're still going out there. As of a couple of months ago, the regime had had instructed their Revolutionary Guards to use BB guns and only aim at the girl's and women's eyes and take an eye out. This is a direct order from the government to the police, which is our Revolutionary Guard. Um, So it is very important, and I'm very proud that the city of Sacramento is standing in solidarity and condemning these acts and promoting human rights, promoting women's rights, promoting the rights of LGBTQ communities, and promoting a free Iran. With that said, um, again, I wanna thank you, Mr. Mayor and my colleagues for allowing me this time. I'd like to turn the mic um, to some of the wonderful uh, Iranian residents in Sacramento who have also been very active with what's going on. If you have any words to say, please step up to the mic and and share your thoughts with us. We We would, of course,
0: welcome you. And please do. We we have about five minutes as we need to move on on the agenda. And this issue, of course, deserves much more than than five minutes. And I hope we can find uh, a number of uh, forums that I'd be happy to uh, attend to uh, advocate in any public way. But please take a few minutes, maybe a representative or two, to come on up and, and, uh, and represent the community here. Please. <clears throat> right right, right there. R- there you go. R- right there, there you go.
7: Okay, you. can you guys hear me well? Okay. Um, thank you for having this meeting tonight. We really appreciate it, um, the Iranian Americans in this community have been very active for the past six months. And um, uh, I didn't really have anything prepared, but so I'm just going to talk from the heart. (laughs) My name is Sahar, and uh, I have um, been in California since the 91. I was born in Iran. I came here when I was four years old. And I've only been back to Iran twice. Um, But I'm a very proud Iranian-American who's been part of this uh, movement since it started. we created a group called gina sacramento and uh, we've been protesting every week we've been doing um writing letters to president biden's administration uh calling congress and we just want people to be aware of what's happening in iran um, this revolution obviously started with the murder of kurdish iranian woman masa amini but it has led to so much more this is a government that has been um, oppressing their people for the past 44 years, the Islamic regime has been in power since 44 years. And I guess this was the event that caused people to say enough is enough and we want our freedom. We just want our human rights. And that's all they are fighting for to this day. Um, So she was the spark of this revolution. But I think what at this point of, of the game, there's. The Iranians in the diaspora are just wanting the international community and people to recognize what is happening in Iran and to know that without the, this you know, regime, the entire world will actually be a better place. Um, as our representatives, I think one thing that's very important is that we just want to address that the... Right now, the power is in the hands of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps, which is the IRGC, and they are responsible for these heinous attacks on children, on protesters. Currently, there's 19,000 protesters in jail, sitting in jail right now. We don't know what their faith is. There's over 60 people who have been killed. We have protested in front of UNICEF. UNICEF isn't doing anything. Amnesty International. Where is the international help? Like, and right now, basically... Um, what, what the Iranians outside of Iran are fighting for to help with the Iranians inside of Iran. Obviously, they don't have a voice. They can't. We go out peacefully, protest, and we can get our message across, but they can get killed. So what we want the message to be to this administration, to the Biden administration, to the United States, is please stop negotiating with these terrorists. Please do not sign the nuclear deal. Please do not negotiate the JCPOA um, because right now Robert Malley is doing that as we speak behind closed doors. He still wants a deal with Iran and this is not a deal with Iran. This is a deal with the Islamic Republic and when when millions and billions of dollars keep getting in the hands of this regime, they will continue killing more people and they will continue funding Hezbollah, ISIS and all of those terrorist uh, organizations that are out there right now and it will just, it, it, nothing will ever get resolved. Um, the biggest thing that right now, uh, Congressman Jim Banks presented the Massa Act um, in Congress, and it's a, it's a bill, H.R. 9203. And um, it, it got reintroduced into Congress just a little while ago. Um, it currently has a lot of representatives in the uh, Republican Party that have supported it. We need more Democrats to support it. Um, it is this bill actually will um, impose sanctions directly to the President um, Raisi and to the Supreme Leader uh, Khamenei, um, and it will impose property and blocking sanctions and uh, uh, and also. Um, um, okay, we,
0: we, we'll make sure that we okay. all take a yeah, good yeah, yeah. look at that. So okay. the
7: HR 9203 <laughs> yeah. is basically what we want that everybody to um, to uh, vote, to, to have this yeah. act be um, in, in Congress. And uh, and just, um, I know I have like another minute left and I'm done. Um, we just would really appreciate for you guys to be our voice and I know I introduced you at the Capitol um, when you were there and thank you for your support, Mayor, for being there that day. and. Um, and uh, let's just keep Iran on the, on, on the voice of everyone's mind so we can continue moving forward.
4: Thank you. Thank you. Thank and you very much. Look, you know, to just finalize that, yeah. we just want to be the voices of Iranian people outside of Iran. And I think our being so unified, we're not looking for government uh, reform. We definitely want a government change. And hopefully that's the path that we've taken. So with that said, it, it gives me a great honor to present uh, Mr. Golshani and Sahar uh, at this resolution. So if you guys would like to come to- Come on the, up, we'll take, a picture, up, we'll take a, a picture together
0: and present the resolution, okay? Thank you.
4: <laughs> well, we're, like, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we're taking a you can take it, yeah. Yeah, got it. Oh yeah.
3: One, two,
8: three, one more.
9: There we go. One, two, three. One, sorry, I'm just trying to fit everybody. One, two, and three,
4: one more. (laughs) You're welcome. One, two, and three, one more, one, two, three. Thank you.
0: life, freedom. Thank you. I'll, we'll make sure we pass them out. Thank
10: you. Okay.
0: Thank you so much. Okay. Very good. Well, as I said earlier, Council Member Laloey... Um, Thank you for bringing this forward. Thank you for grounding us um, as we proceed with the meeting tonight. Pray for the people of Iran. And uh, thank you for fighting for the people of Iran, especially um, those who are being marginalized, like women
4: in the LGBTQ community. And we're going to win this. Yeah. Enough is enough. Human rights and equal rights—it um, should be mandatory across the world. Uh, it's non-negotiable. So, thank you very much, Miss Mayor. You're welcome. You. So we move from
0: the the human rights around the world to the city's consent calendar, <laughs> uh, and all different, but all important in its own way. Uh, and so. Members, are there any items on the consent calendar that you would like to be uh, discussed or voted on separately? Councilmember Maple? Just just a
11: comment on item 20.
0: Okay, we'll hold off for a moment while we get the list here from anybody else. Anybody else? Okay. Um, Go ahead, why don't you speak on item 20, please?
11: Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I just wanted to start out really briefly just to thank Amy Williamson uh, for, for doing this project. This is the Guaranteed Income Project amazing program, as well as Leslie Frischie and and Lynette Hall. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Um, This builds on a national conversation around uh, guaranteed basic income and basically how do we help folks who are in our low-income communities deal with things like inflation and rising housing prices. This is something that we're experiencing, obviously, here in Sacramento. And so this has been a pilot project that's gone on, but um, I think I'm really looking forward to seeing... uh, not only how this this expansion of the project is going to help our impacted communities, but also what that data looks like at the end. So I look forward to helping get the word out, but really just wanted to, to thank them for their work.
0: Thank you. I'm really glad you raised this. This was part of our ARPA investment. I'm really proud of it, too. Um, we've got two um, guaranteed income projects, one in, one with artists, one to focus on the creative economy, and the other working with United Way on um, uh, on helping low income sacramentans and such a powerful idea um, and I'm glad we're we're a big part of it, so thank you, council member, for elevating that uh, Do we have public you go ahead, Why don't you move approval council member Kaplan Sorry. Of the yes, please. Okay. I got uh, the the vice mayor first I think here okay uh, Do we have public testimony on the consent calendar? I
1: have no hands raised to make comment on this consent calendar.
0: All in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed, abstain. All right, that gets through uh, the consent calendar relatively quickly. Let's go to the public hearings. We have two public hearings, uh, both dealing with uh, easements. And why don't we take uh, item 26 first, who is presenting? Mr. Adams. How are you doing? It. Welcome, welcome.
12: Welcome, good to see you. Um, good evening, Mayor, Madam Clerk, and distinguished council members of the City Council. My name is Thomas Adams. I am with uh, Engineering Service Division of the Department of Public Works. The item before you is a request to vacate the 42 foot wide public roadway easement by way of adopting a resolution to vacate an unimproved portion of 39th Street that is located between Sherman Way and Y Street. This area requested for vacation currently exists as an unapproved dead end public road dedicated as a public roadway easement to the city that was with a recorded map titled Platte of, Platt of Wright and Kimbrough Track Number 30 and the year of 1913 with the Sacramento County Recorder's Office. The applicant, Aspenwood Aspen Holdings LLC, is requesting this vacation of this public roadway easement for the purposes of private access to the proposed small buildable four-lot residential development for single-family dwellings units identified as in uh, the tentative map for 3901 Y Street. The city has no plans to improve this public roadway for f- future public use. Currently, there are uh, utility services within the area requested for vacation, and the city's utility department and other, and other affected utility service providers support this vacation request with the reservation of a 20-foot wide public service easement to maintain access, maintenance of the existing facilities. City staff, along with various agencies, support this vacation request. The action recommended with this, the action recommended with this request is consistent with the Sacramento 2035 General Plan, it is in compliance with the California Streets and Highways Code. That concludes my presentation at this time, and staff can answer any questions you may have.
0: Thank you very much, Mr. Adams. Uh, do we have public testimony on discussion item 26?
1: I have uh, one hand raised to make comments on this item. Uh, Margie um, Balu, this can you is hear on- me. It is, it's item 26.
13: Yes, I live at 3841 Sherman Way and um, that corner of 39th and Sherman, we have a lot of traffic that um, comes up and down this street every day because of the UC Davis, that work at UC Davis. And I'm requesting that consideration of a four way stop sign or or even just on both sides of Sherman Way be also added to prevent um, accidents. Thank you.
1: Thank you for your comments. Mayor, I have no more speakers.
0: Okay. Who, uh, whose district are we talking about here? Council Member Maple.
11: Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, So most of the comments that we've received um, have been generally in support or neutral on this, but there have been a few concerns, especially around nurses and other uh, um, employees at UC Davis Medical Center that are parking along the roadway, um, staying there for longer periods of time. And so I'm just curious uh, if you think this will impact, you know, the parking situation, if it would make it better or worse. And then also wanted to uplift what, what Ms. Baloo said, is if there are a possibility of adding an addition related to a four-way stop?
12: Um, I cannot address the four-way stop. Um, I, I can look into that with our uh, Department of Transportation um, portion of our D- Department of Public Works but the 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 abandonment really is not affecting anything that is initially there that's currently there the The development is uh near the dead end where there will be parking available for those residents that live off that dead end which is now a dead end street a portion of 39th street so um i, I don't see and it's there the proposals for four residential single dwelling units um i don't I don't see just the influx of those four properties that are not um, up near Sherman Way, they're set back uh, south of this area being uh, vacated to have a direct impact. But uh, I I don't have a traffic study or anything like that to to provide, but the the development is small and it is for four uh, residential dwelling units in that location.
11: Great, Um, so thank you very much. And so um, I would like to make a motion to open and close the public hearing and to um, adopt the resolution supporting this item. Um, it is just a, um, it's just a roadway that goes in. It hasn't been used uh, by, by the neighbors, and I think it's going to um, add a benefit that we're adding housing to the neighborhood. So, thank you.
0: Is there a second? Councilmember Jennings, seconds? Okay. Um, okay, gotta. It's like Jeopardy. You gotta be quick. Okay. <laughs> All in favor, please say aye. Aye. Opposed, abstain. Thank you, Councilmember Maple. Thank you. Mr. Adams, you doing uh, item twenty-seven as well?
12: That's it. Okay. Can't get rid of me when I come. It's a double header. Let's go. (laughs) I'll stick around. (laughs) Well, (laughs) the item I have in front of you this evening is item number twenty-seven, and um, and it's the item to be um, before you request a vacation, vacate a portion of the pugway. I'm sorry. The item before you is to request to vacate a portion of the public road and utility easement by way of adopting a resolution to vacate uh, two areas, 22 feet within length along L Street and N Street, specifically between 11th and 13th Street adjacent to Capitol Park. Uh, before I get into the meat of the background of this vacation request, there's a change or edit to, in the resolution in section five that I would like read into record. Um, in section 5, the last sentence says the vacation shall be effective when a city design- designatee re- records this resolution in the office of the county recorder. Uh, we would like to change the wording to say the vacation shall be perfected uh, when a city designatee records this resolution in the office of the county recorder. And with that, um, on behalf of the state of California, The the California Joint Committee on Rules has requested the vacation of a portion of the public roadway easement and utility easement for the purposes of the new Capitol Annex building project, which includes an on site ingress and egress underground parking garage with ramp access along the southern segment of L Street and the northern section of N Street between 11th and 13th Street adjacent to Capitol Park. The design of the project requires the vacation of the public roadway and utilities, which includes portions of the parking lane and along the southern portion of L Street and a portion of N Street um, that are included in a new capital annex building parking garage design. This request has been routed and reviewed by the affected stakeholders within the city and public agencies. Several conditions are required to perfect this vacation request. The applicant is required to relocate all public facilities within the area being vacated. Um, and the applicant will be required to provide new easements for any utility services affected by this vacation and relocated onto the applicant's property. In addition, the applicant will be responsible to execute an easement and maintenance agreement with the city for any, future, for any features or property within their area being vacated that will be maintained by the city. City staff along with various agencies support this vacation request. The action recommended with this request is consistent with the Sacramento 2035 general plan and is in compliance with the streets and California streets and highways code. Um, That concludes my presentation. Staff can answer any questions you may have.
0: Here's Council Member Do you wanna make a opening comment do you wanna hear from the public?
14: That's your final. Go ahead.
1: I have no hands raised okay. to make public comment on this item. Councilmember
0: Member <laughs> <Day. Go> <laughs> Thank
14: you. Okay. Uh, thank you for the presentation. Um, so have there been any changes? I know there's been litigation around this project, or is the easement still required? Have they made any changes that might impact this moving forward, are you aware?
12: Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Uh, there's representatives, I, I hope they should be available here um, if there's any specific detail for the state that may have, but we're never brought to my attention. Okay. Um, as up to the day of this, we presented this.
14: Are the are the project folks online? Are they? I just would love. I know that's been a very, it's been a very closely watched project in my All district. Right. So um, I would love. I know the lawsuit um, was something that a lot of folks were following, and I'm not sure if the project design has changed in any way that would impact this. It's possible that nobody's there. Okay, uh, well, I mean, I'm fine opening and closing the public hearing and moving this item. I, I would love to get any follow-up if, if they have it. I haven't heard anything about any changes that they might be making as a result of the, of the lawsuit and the well, ongoing well noted. work there. Thank that. you. Um,
0: motion. motion to second it. All in favor, please say aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain. That measure passes. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Adams.
12: See you in a couple of weeks.
0: I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Come back anytime. All right. Um, we now moved on 28, which is an item we continued from the last council meeting because the hour got late and we wanted to make sure that we gave this uh, full attention because it's really important. And so uh,
15: notice I was pretty high on Mr. the agenda, so appreciate that. Yeah, right. So you didn't have to wait till the end this time. <laughs> from that. There you go. Welcome to you. Well, good evening, Mayor. Uh, Members of the Council, Matt Hurdle, Long Range Planning Manager. So this evening, you will hear the story of our housing policy and planning work, setting the table for future discussions with Council. Staff is also requesting your authorization tonight to apply for a new pilot funding program only available to pro-housing jurisdictions like Sacramento. In April, (laughs) we will present our Housing Elements Annual Progress Report, including the number of new market rate and affordable housing units that were developed in 2022 as well as a status update of the 49 adopted housing element implementation programs. So backing up a few years, in 2019, staff got direction from council to implement a variety of actions to streamline the approval and production of housing. These 50 plus actions primarily focused on the levers under the city control, including planning for and allowing all types of housing, otherwise known as land use and zoning, housing approvals, otherwise known as site plan and design review and building permit process, fees and incentive programs, and obtaining affordable housing funding. As an outcome of this work, the Housing Policy Working Group was also established, and this group meets quarterly to get early input from a variety of housing stakeholders. And many of the completed actions focused on housing grants, accessory dwelling units, and streamlining the approval process for housing projects. Per state requirements in mid 2020, the city initiated an update to the housing element or the eight year housing strategy. The remaining housing element, uh, the housing streamlining menu of options were folded into the housing element programs. Council adopted the 2021 to 2029 housing element. Well, in 2021, and it includes 59 policies that set the city's housing policy direction through 2029. Also includes 49 programs to be implemented over the eight year period. As an overview and update, these programs will be presented to Council in April. Uh, I won't get into a lot of detail, but I did want to mention one of the programs that has already been completed. Program 11 is to obtain the state's pro-housing designation. And we can check that box clearly because in February of 2022, the City of Sacramento became the first in the state to receive a pro-housing designation. And this designation is a demonstration of going above and beyond state requirements to encourage the production of housing. This designation provides us with a preference for when we apply for state infrastructure and affordable housing grants. And an example of this is the preference that helped the city and its partners secure $50 million for the Sacramento Valley Station Transit Center last July. So now there are 10 pro housing jurisdictions in the state, including our friends at Sacramento County, which was awarded this designation in February. As a way to incentivize more local governments to pursue the pro-housing designation and to reward those like Sacramento who already have it, the state launched the pro-housing incentive pilot program in December. Based on Sacramento's population and the bonus points we receive for a high score on our application, we can apply for up to $2.5 million. Grant applications are due next week on March 15th and city council authorization is required. These funds can be directed towards a variety of planning or implementation activities related to housing and community development, but due to the need to get more affordable units built as quickly as possible, staff recommends using the funds to assist with local gap financing for a priority affordable housing project or projects and thereby leveraging additional funding sources. And in closing, staff is seeking adoption of a resolution authorizing staff to apply for, accept, and enter into agreement with the state for up to $2.5 million in pro-housing incentive pilot program funds. Thank you very much.
16: Okay.
0: So uh, let's hear from the public on this item.
1: Thank you, Mayor. I have one hand raised from PJ.
17: Yeah, hi. Um, I really like the idea of us um, moving forward on um, new housing and I appreciate the fact that we are gonna be applying for those grants. I want to make sure that we do recognize the fact that um, a number of recent program failures that potentially could be addressed by this funding, um, one of which was the comprehensive siting plan, which kind of dropped from existence. Um, the fact that a large number of the sites uh, dropped away from being considered without a second thought and weren't addressed in a public manner to ensure that the public was there was transparency with the public to ensure that we were aware of what was going on, that sort of thing needs to be addressed and that sort of thing could be addressed potentially by this money. So I'd like to see priorities, especially given to unhoused communities, with regards to this money. I'd also like to make sure that we don't prioritize developer dollars when it comes to uh, this sort of development. I think one of the reasons why we've been facing such a setback with regards to affordable housing is because we continuously prioritize developer profits, and the the reality is, is that Profits are incompatible with affordable housing, and in order to be a complete and robust community, we need to make sure that the investments that we're making are those that benefit all of us, especially those at the lowest income levels, and one of the things that I haven't seen is that being a priority. So I want to make sure that these developer dollars go towards that to ensure that we can actually get some housing up that isn't necessarily dependent on whether or not a developer is going to be able to profit from it but to make sure that those in the lowest income levels actually do see some sort of housing coming their way within a reasonable amount of time rather than being left on the streets to um, survive and be harassed by our police. Thank you.
1: Thank you for your comments. Mayor, I have no more speakers.
17: All right, thank you. Let's turn it over to the
0: council, turn it over to Vice Mayor Guetta.
8: Thank
0: you, Mayor.
18: Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I wanted to first, uh, you know, thank all the staff and everyone involved in, the, uh, the multi-year approach, even you know, before the pandemic, we took on a number of initiatives that were controversial, but you know, helped us get moving forward on, on expediting and figuring out how we can produce more, um, more of this affordable housing. I mean, one of the uh, positive things that like we wouldn't have had uh, such activity now on, in areas on vacant lots in stockton boulevard that are built that are we're having affordable housing being constructed if it wasn't for figuring out uh the uh, a better permitting process a better streamlining process and we can see those homes being constructed today so i, I wanted to thank uh, all the uh, all of uh, the different uh staff both not only in planning but in the other departments for that um you know i i think this is uh, exciting i mean this is what happens when we we become a leader and look at an opportunities to to take on new ideas, we also can beat other jurisdictions to to the uh, to the punch on funding. So, um, uh, and so, I'll, I'll, first off, I'll, let me just uh, mo- uh, one move the item uh, here, uh, but also um, um, as, you know follow up with the city manager on direction. I know that we've gotten to the point where we're now we're planning, we're moving through, and I think we're still trying to figure out how do we. Fine-tuned so that as we plan and get approval process, we can get through the construction process too. And I know we we uh, ran into some snags as prices and costs for construction were moving higher. Uh, how can we uh, make sure that the that uh, we don't have time work against us when we're getting on the construction aspect of things? And I know our staff is is figuring that out both uh, on the construction side and on the planning side. So I want to encourage that and support that troubleshooting. Um, you know, most recently, I, I, as much as people may complain about, you know, the process in the city, we've actually, you know, they, the, the, the response was uh, um, also was like, well, you guys are all better than other jurisdictions. So the fact that, uh, you know, uh, we're moving forward, there's a recognition that Sacramento is moving forward on more production for um, of all levels of housing, not just market rate, workforce housing and affordable housing and extremely low income housing so i think that that's a positive end on that um the last thing is while very minor uh and uh and i won't say tangential but but parallel that that kind of competes with our priorities again this is more direction to the to the city manager i know we're, today we're talking about access for this grant to be able to do that but one concern that i do have that i just want to plop on the radar is that uh it has come to my attention about some property owners that um, are um, uh, taking advantage of uh, the, uh, the streamlining of the ADU process. That was a very positive thing that we did to streamline the ADU process, but now um, it's come to my attention that, uh, and it may be an isolated incident, but the property owner is not only Airbnb, the principal resident, but all the ADUs in one area, which goes contrary to um, the, uh, the goals that we're trying to achieve here. So while uh, we made it faster for an ADU, it, it can't be used, you know, there's one, obviously we, we have the, the the reason we moved forward in that, but we just I wanna make sure, I just wanna drop that there and make sure we, we look at that as as we move forward. This is exciting, this is a positive thing, uh, and with that, uh, uh, proud to move the item and support all of the different efforts on planning, on zoning, on outreach, on permit streamlining, uh, and, uh, and also looking at innovative ways to help finance and help support um, the, uh, the 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 uh, the the gap financing that's in some of these affordable housing projects. Thank you, Mr. Mayor.
0: Thank you, Vice Mayor. Uh, Councilmember Talamantes.
19: I second the Vice Mayor's motion to approve this. And uh, Greg and Matt, a year ago when we got this pro housing designation, I was like, well, that sounds like a really nice word. Does it come with money? <laughs> That was the first thing out of my mouth and here we are now pursuing this pilot program. So kudos to you and your team and let's go get those dollars so that we can increase housing production in Sacramento. We got to stay focused on our goal here at the city and we just need more housing. So go get them.
0: Thank you. Council member Maple.
19: Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I uh, want to
11: echo my colleagues comments and also just say, you know, um, affordable housing and the lack of affordable housing is one of the biggest issues that not only plagues our city um, it especially plagues my district Um, and it's one of the biggest concerns that i heard on the campaign trail from folks is that we are having difficulty finding housing that we can afford and and so that's why the city is doing this work right there and why you are doing this work and you've done an amazing job Um, but as i've done a deep dive and educated myself on this i've realized that you know, one of the biggest challenges for affordable housing developers is to piece together the financing for it. It's very, it's very complicated and it's difficult, and it comes with, you know, piecing together grant funding and, um, you know, just tax credits and anything else that you can put together. And um, that's one of the biggest challenges that we face. So I think this is a really exciting program and hopefully something that we can continue to build upon. So I just wanted to, to thank you.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to continue to um, compete. For state and federal dollars it's it 's always been important it 's even more important now, especially as our local budgets tighten um, it, it's and we have our our housing authority here who's expert at uh, at the federal level, especially in the state level and together i mean we just ne- need to bring down more more housing dollars because we don't have enough local housing dollars to be able to subsidize all the projects we want and we talked with the city manager about this a little bit today. In the next couple of weeks, I think we will be ready together to bring forward at least a discussion item and a report on the whole EIFD strategy, um, the enhanced infrastructure finance strategy. I know I, year ago, I gave my state of the downtown speech on uh, the potential of doing a central city EIFD. By the way, the logic uh, that applies downtown could apply to other areas of the city as well. And one of the motivations for that um, for, for that idea was that we know what a priority housing and affordable housing is in our city. And we are always scrambling for the local resources to be able to help make projects pencil. And we've done some, let's just say, out of the box thinking uh, uh, around this in a good way. I mean, look, last, Year at the end of the year, we decided, well, we'll invest some of our risk management funding into providing gap financing for a couple of those projects on stockton Boulevard. That was great, but that particular strategy with that particular fund is only gonna take us thus far. And I just wanna urge us, because I know, you know the manager is always asking, what are, the, what are the council members, what's the council's priorities? Th- this one is a clear priority. I mean, it is a clear, clear priority, and yet we know the limitations in terms of the ability of our general fund to be able to participate. We've been lucky, you know, Measure U, ARP, the CARE funding. We've done a lot to, to build up that trust fund. Now what? Um, I know we're gonna have a robust policy discussion about a lot of different uh, policy directions we can go on housing, but on the money side, I just want to encourage us to be creative and to be aggressive, the EIFD being one one idea among many, because the more housing we built, the more affordable housing we built, the more we are helping people and alleviating the crisis that is the only thing I maintain, well, maybe there's several things, but it's the main thing that holds us back from being everything that we endeavored to be, is this housing crisis and the housing problem. So. Mm, 2.5 million, turn it into 25, okay? <laughs> Lichello, thank you too. What? And, and Lachella, thank you, too. But, you know, I, I'm just preaching here cause, cause we, because because <laughs> I, I don't think there's any dispute, right, on this day as Mr. Manager, right, that, this, that housing and homelessness where we have defined our line and our <laughs> limited role. In fact, we made a conscious policy choice at the end of the year working with you to shift some of our emergency shelter money to permanent housing, but that was great. But that's one time, you know, that's all one time money. So what do we do? Let's make this a priority. Oh, <clears throat> <throat> please don't interrupt us. Hey, Co- complete, hey. completely ineffective. Um, uh, and I'm going to uh, ask you, you to leave interrupt. if you interrupt again. Okay. Right, don't interrupt me. Thank you. So, um, Okay, good job. It's good to be pro, uh, the first pro-housing designation in the entire state, by the way. What? Let's vote. All in favor, please say aye. Aye. Opposed, abstain. Very good. All right, let's move to the youth liaison um, issue um, to City Council implementation discussion. I'm gonna turn this over, I think, to Council Member Vang, uh, Mayor Pro Tem Vang, excuse me. Yeah. To lead the discussion, go ahead
20: thanks mayor um, i don't believe we have a presenter on this item um, so i will be presenting my memo that i submitted and supplement uh, to the staff report that was written by our city clerk and our city attorney and so first i do want to take the opportunity to thank Susanna and mindy uh, really for working hard on the staff report with uh, the city attorney kurt uh, who has uh, been really critical in helping to Uh, draft the resolution and bring it forth to council for a vote in December and now we are beginning the discussion around implementation and so Um, Just wanted to, again, just thank city staff uh, for your work, Susanna and Mindy, so thank you so much. Uh, What we're discussing this evening together as a city is historical, um, and it's really about our continual step to ensure that we continue to uplift and center our young people in the city, uh, but most importantly, ensuring that their voices uh, are at the table. Um, Our city has really come a long way. Uh, to ensure that we center our youth, uh, and today's council discussion uh, is to ensure uh, that we stay the course. Um, As I shared before uh, in previous um, council meetings and in the community, um, having a youth voice uh, here on the dais does make our city uh, better, and it makes us as a council a more effective governing body. Um, Over the years, I've shared that, you know, one of the main issues that I've heard from our young people, um, or actually I would say demanded by our young people, is that they too have a voice at the table, not just at our youth commission, which is uh, an incredible opportunity, or on our adult-led commission, but really on the dais here alongside electeds to help shape um, the conversations that's happening here in the city of Sacramento. I get a pointer. Okay. Um, I do wanna make it clear that the staff report that was submitted by our city clerk and our city attorney um, is really simply an outline uh, for an approach in creating and developing the implementation plan. It's actually not the implementation plan itself, so I do wanna share that with my colleagues. Uh, But it does have items that I think all of us should consider as we move forward. Um, And this staff report is really a a beginning conversation for us to approach how we would like to implement this plan. Um, Nothing has been operationalized, um, which is why I sent my memo uh, with recommendations so that we can really begin that discussion here tonight. Um, I believe uh, all of you have received my memo. It's also attached as a supplemental material to item 29, um, but I definitely do wanna take a few minutes to outline just critical points in my memo in response to the staff report. Um, I do want to share again that my recommendation is simply one, um, reaffirming what's already in the resolution that we voted on and two complementing the staff report, but also providing just some deeper uh, recommendations uh, that I'd be happy to have a full discussion with the council uh, tonight. Um, And so what I'm gonna be doing today is really kind of providing some of my recommendation to complement the staff report really around timeline, uh, youth engagement, uh, possible reporting structure that we can talk about tonight, um, and a potential budget, Um, all of, All of these items and factors, I believe, uh, will contribute to the success of this young person who will be seated right here next to me. Um, And so I'm really looking forward to the conversation we're gonna have today um, and really uh, want to ensure that we're moving this forward. Um, I know that there are many points of conversations around this youth advisory liaison. The first piece is really around the age requirement. And so I do want to reiterate that um, in the staff report, Originally, the resolution stated is uh, 18 to 24, um, but in our amendment in the December 6th meeting, we did make an amendment uh, in that motion to lower the age to 16, um, and I support that. I think it's a great idea to make sure that we adjust it, 16 to 24. Um, that's the same age also for our Sacramento Youth Commission as well, and I think it's important to make sure that we have alignment in that. Something I would recommend for this council as we think through um, appointing a, a young person is, uh, making sure that the appointment does not apply to someone older than 22 given that the appointment is also two years and so i uh, wanted to share that but happy to have a more in-depth conversation about the age requirement um, the next piece is really around youth engagement um, as we heard from our young people over and over young people make up 30 percent of our city but they make up 100 percent of our future Um, I've heard that over and over again. And so as we're thinking about implementation, it's really important that we don't um, just go to our Sacramento Youth Commission as a checkoff box, but that we are truly intentional and that we're having meaningful engagement. Um, Some of my recommendation is definitely making sure that we go with, We go back to the youth commission to really get their feedback. One is providing input on the actual job description. Uh, They should be assisting us with the design and conducting community outreach to young people in the city, um, and uh, also participating in reviewing and selecting applicants to be forwarded to PNP for recommendation and approval for the uh, city council. Um, I also wanted to share um, what I think in terms of infrastructure that's going to be really critical for the success. I've had an opportunity to discuss with the city manager on this. We've had some disagreement, but happy to also discuss it publicly and figuring out a common ground. Um, But as stated in resolution that we voted on, um, I do support the commitment to ensure that this young person is established and supported within the Office of Youth Development. And a big part of that is because uh, the Office of Youth Development is Uh, Trained their staff is experienced in this kind of a relationship building and they have the expertise to support young people in the city Um, And while this young person will have direct access to all of us um, I know that when we think about youth development It's incredibly important that we have someone that is consistent in terms of check-in and having that content expertise to support that young person Um, as I've shared uh, before Uh, This young person I hope will be able to connect with the mayor and council, um, but ensuring that we have the infrastructure in place is key. Uh, Something something that I often share is that city managers, they come and go. All of us as city council members, we come and go too. And what's really important is making sure that we create the infrastructure that will be here permanent when we have young people going through um, this, uh, this seat, right? And that's really, really important. Um, and so I, my recommendation is aligned with the resolution and ensuring that the city manager's office, in particular the office youth development, uh, is involved in supporting this young person. Next slide. Um, I also wanted to uh, give shout out to our city clerk um, and just really talking about the role that the city clerk will play. I've had meetings with Mindy as well, and she's been incredibly helpful. Uh, our city clerk is incredibly knowledgeable of the inner workings of the city council. As many of my colleagues know, uh, when you become a council member, Mindy does the onboarding, um, and so she is definitely the to-go person in coordinating and assisting with onboarding um, and definitely can update uh, the youth advisory liaison and how the council works, all the rule and regulation. Again, but I do want to note, uh, no offense to Mindy because she's incredible, um, while she's great at doing the coordination and the onboarding, um, it's really important to make sure that we still have a youth development content expert really next working next to the youth uh, advisory liaison to ensure their success. And this part is absolutely critical. Right now, um, PNP really serves a critical role in making recommendations to current various city boards and commission. As you all know, they conduct interviews, they make recommendations to mayor and council concerning appointments. Um, And given that we are the first city in the nation to have a young liaison, Processes does matter um, and it's incredibly important and I uh, believe and I think it's also in a resolution as well that PNP should absolutely play a leadership role in the development and presentation to the council of the full implementation. My only recommendation is making sure that as PNP is working through the implementation process that the Sacramento Youth Commission and young people are um, truly part of the process in the development of the implementation as well. So that would be my recommendation. Um, I shared this a little bit earlier. Um, This is something that the city manager and I also discuss. Um, I think it's gonna be really important to make sure that this young person obviously have full access to the city council, uh, but we also discuss that uh, we believe that the executive committee of the city council, the mayor, the vice mayor, and the mayor pro tem, which the mayor doesn't change too much every four years, every eight years, maybe every 12 years. Every, or every 16, but the vice mayor and mayor pro tem does change. Um, and I think it's important to have the youth advisory liaison uh, really be able to direct, um, you know, for their offices to be open to support our youth advisory uh, liaison for additional mentorship and policy, policy support to ensure uh, the city's overall strategic vision, Um, and then this part in particular, uh, I just really wanna reiterate what was already in the resolution, but really just the role of the youth advisory liaison, right, Um, and what they will be doing. They will definitely be attending all the regularly scheduled city council meeting, except for closed session and quasi judicial proceedings. Uh, We've run that through our attorneys already, so they can't participate in that, but they definitely can um, participate in our regularly scheduled meetings. Um, They will also obviously have a seat at the dais the seat right here, um, they will receive the city council agenda at the same time um, that the material is provided to all the council member and again, be invited to all the member, all the meetings that they are allowed to attend. Budget consideration. Um, uh, if you read the staff report, there is a recommendation to ensure that we also provide a budget. I think it's also incredibly important that we set this young person up for success. Um, I support the allocation of a stipend uh, to follow, to really allow flexibility and uh, to compensate them for their time and uh, their expertise uh, as a liaison. Um, this practice is also aligned with our compensation uh, uh, with our compensation of uh, individuals serving other city commissions. Um, But the cost is a little bit higher because this young person will be attending all of our city council meeting. um, And because of the frequency, the stipend is increased. Um, If you're curious about how I came up with the 25, I pretty much just took $20 an hour, times it by 20 hours a week, times it by five weeks, times it by 12 months, and that's pretty much an estimate. Uh, I also believe that it's really important that this person also have um, funds available um, in order to attend professional development conferences, just like council members here does as well. We also have access to travel and tech allowances. I wanna make sure that this young person have access to that, and obviously they need a laptop and uh, basic uh, basic supplies. And so um, this budget was also something that um, I discussed with our city clerk as well. She did provide a budget, um, and this is just a, a sample budget for us to have a discussion. Timeline is also really important. I don't want, I want to make sure that. This work doesn't fall to the wayside. I think making sure that we hold ourselves accountable to the young people of the city is incredibly important. And so, um, this is a draft timeline that our city clerk uh, came up with, and I just made some minor amendments. But just working backwards, you can see that you know we would. I would love and open to discussion with my colleagues uh, for this young person to start next year in January. But if we want to do that, um, you know there is a timeline that we have to follow. Happy to adjust it, but um, I will start from March because we are now in March uh, today is doing an update from the city manager's office um, and my memo um, finalizing the age range determination. Hopefully we can decide on that tonight. Although I, we included that in our amendment in the December meeting, but happy to discuss it tonight again to make sure we finalize the age range. Uh, sacramento youth commission will be meeting in april Um, i have spoken to the city manager and the city clerk Um, they're happy to make sure that we do a presentation to the sacramento youth commission to really provide meaningful input Um, and then in april pmp can begin those conversation uh, looking at a draft proposal that staff will have ready Um, this is just again a timeline in june hoping that maybe there's a draft implementation for council to approve. Um, If you all think it doesn't need to come back to council and we go forth and allow PNP to do the process with our Sacramento Youth Commission, happy to do that as well, uh, but just wanted to do, to make sure that we have a loop around. Um, And then in the summertime, we would do outreach recruitment. um, And then in October, we would do PNP to review applicants in conjunction with the Sacramento Youth Commission um, and then council confirmation in November, onboarding in December, and then January is when the term begins. Um, And that's pretty much my memo that I submitted with the staff report. Um, I do want to just share um, again that, you know, this is, um, you know, as we're talking about housing, as we're talking about homelessness, as we're talking about economic development, jobs in the city, I mean, we all do this because we want a better future for the people of the city and that's the young people of the city and I think it's so important to make sure we have a young person up here with us helping to inform and shape the dialogue as we move forward uh, and moving the city in a way that um, in a way that really does not leave young people behind who are truly going to be the leaders going to be the next Daryl Steinberg the next Howard Chan the next Rick Jennings the next um, Lisa Kaplan, right? We have to make sure that we create that pipeline, and so really hoping uh, that my colleagues continue to support this, that we stay steadfast on making sure that uh, you know we set the we set the tone for this nation. That's so important to make sure that we have young people uh, part of these conversations. And so, with that, Mayor, I will stop. Really looking forward to the conversation today. Um, definitely want to provide direction, but I want to wait until we have a fuller conversation, um, and then we could Ab-
0: absolutely okay. thank thank you. thank you for the thorough presentation. I know the city manager had a. A couple of clarifying comments that I think will help as well. Yeah,
3: okay.
8: first off, I, I want to thank uh, Mayor Pro Temp for spending some time with me today to talk through her memo. And really, it's less of a disagreement than just an adjustment I'd like to make uh, for P&PE to consider, and that's related to structure. The way that it's laid out in the memo and the discussion in December had this position reporting to the Office of Youth Development uh, and, and potentially through uh, Youth Parks and Community Enrichment. I think really to maintain the independence of this individual... I think uh, it would be best for this position to reside either as a direct report to the Mayor and Council, to the Executive Committee as you've laid it out, and or through the Clerk's Office as a, uh, either a stipend or FT, whatever PMP decides. But 100%, uh, a term we use within the organization is operationally controlled. So while it might reside in the Clerk's Office, for instance, uh, it would be fully supported by the Office of Youth Development, uh, Youth Parks Committee Enrichment, and for that matter, all the other city departments. I just want to make that commitment publicly and uh, per our conversation that it, it is uh, not anything that's going to change wherever it ends up residing. But I just think that in the interest of, uh, again, maintaining that separation and independence for this individual to be able to, uh, you know, really, um, you know, provide their feedback uh, unfiltered, I think that's the better structure and that's what I would ask PNP to consider.
20: Okay. Thanks, Howard. I really appreciate that and also would love to hear Uh, from my colleagues on that as well Um, and I think for me um, the reason why I stayed in the resolution for the position to be um, within the Office of Youth Development is because you know, I've seen years and years when we want a young person to be successful, we need to ensure that there are youth content expert staff really supporting and coordinating um, and, and supporting this young person, right? We want to set this up for success. And so, uh, definitely hear you on that. I'm, you know, happy to have that conversation publicly with my colleagues and figure out where they think it may fall. If it's the city clerk's office, happy to support that if my colleagues want that. But I want to make sure that if it does go into the city clerk's office, that there is that direct support from the Office of Youth Development. To support this young person because so,
0: yeah if I may on this yeah. go, go ahead I'm sorry Sorry, I sorry yeah you. so
20: I I'm open to I would love to hear what my colleagues think first um, but happy to also support that change if that's the direction that my colleagues would like to go
0: let me I just want to speak on that before I turn it over because I, I think this shouldn't be a controversy because mm-hmm. you're actually many ways saying the same things I don't want to uh, I want to make sure that if there is controversy I don't know that there is but that's focused on the, the right things. In this instance, you're saying the same thing. Because your proposal says that the, uh, the liaison, the youth liaison would report to uh, an executive committee of the council, the mayor, the vice mayor, and the pro tem. And I think that's right. Because um, this individual, though not a voting member, will be this side of the fifth floor in terms of reporting. On the other hand, what the city manager has uh, said very publicly here today, is that the organization, and in many ways, the way you suggest through uh, youth development, through YPSI will fully support the uh, individual with the trainings and whatever it takes. And then the city clerk can help, you know, administer uh, the stipend and and the other pieces of this. And I think that works just fine. Um, The formal reporting would be to the mayor and the council, but the commitment, and we would assure it, of course, over time, Uh, The city manager's word, of course, is gold. um, That that person would have full support from from the department. I just think that's right. Isn't that what you intend, anyways?
20: Yeah, I think just making sure that we have that full support from content expert is critical. You know, we I want to make sure that they're set up for success, right? That's what...
8: Right. Yeah. One of the things we discussed uh, during the lunch hour here is really I'd be even open to having this person sit next to our youth development folks. I mean, just to really embed it. I think the formal reporting structure is important mm-hmm. uh, for transparency's sake and for the independence that, that you and I have talked about. So mm-hmm. uh, so I, I don't think there's really any question about support from the organization. There shouldn't be, but I'm on the record here saying that they have the full support. Okay. okay.
20: Thanks, Howard. I appreciate that. Okay,
0: um, why don't we hear from the public, then we'll turn it to the, to the members for full discussion, okay? How many do we have There, now? I have
1: 13 speakers on this item. <coughs> um, so I have seven in chambers, Akin, Oladai, I apologize, um, Miles Sims, then Jalil Baker. So if you want to come, go ahead, and it's time to present to the council. Um, and feel free to line up if you'd like. Akin, Miles, and then Jaleel.
9: Of course. All right, uh, good afternoon, Mayor and Council. My name is Jaleel Baker. I'm a proud resident of District Four. I've recently moved from Orangeville to Sacramento downtown. Um, I currently serve as the program coordinator for um, the policy and advocacy department with Improve Your Tomorrow. We're located in a number of high schools in the Sacramento area and centered in Natomas. Um, I wanted to strongly support the youth liaison position, of course, and the SAC Children's Fund, as this is a, um, a matter that's already been passed by the voters. We respectfully urge this council to continue to uplift this fund and implement this fund in a timely matter. And I also want to uplift uh, Council Member Myvang's co- comments and recommendations around the position, as well as just supporting a meaningful youth involvement in the implementation of this fund. And also I have a couple brothers from IYT who will be making their first public comment tonight. Um, they're a part of one of our, our civ- civic engagement programs. It's about
0: the right. youth liaison position, not about the youth measure tonight.
9: No, absolutely. Okay. And we believe that the youth liaison position will be, <clears> in, uh, will be instrumental in having a successful youth-led implementation okay. for the SAC Children's yep. Fund. Um, so we have two brothers here, a part of our civic engagement program at IYT, who will be making their first public comment. So we're really Love it. excited. Well, we about welcome them.
21: Thank you guys.
22: So, Akin, and then Miles. Hello, I'm Akin Olale. Um, I attend Intercom High School. I am a part of the organization Improve Your Tomorrow. Um, we strongly support the youth liaison position in the SAC Children's Fund. We respectfully urge this council to continue to implement this fund in a timely manner. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Next speaker is Miles. And then Amano Amana,
10: Amana, Amana, Rose. Hello. Okay. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Miles Sims. I am a citizen of Natomas. I am a student at Intercom High School and I'm representing IYT today, improve you tomorrow. I am um, here today to say that I strongly support the youth license position and the SAC Children's Fund. We strongly but respectfully urge the council to um, continue to implement this position in a timely manner. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Our next speaker is Amaliano Rosas and then Isaac Gonzalez.
10: (coughs) Good evening, everybody. Good evening, Mayor Steinberg, council members, city staff, and distinguished guests. My name is Emiliano Rosas. I'm the project coordinator for the youth and family collective an initiative by pro youth and families. I also have the pleasure of being a representative of the Sac kids first coalition on December six, 2022 city council made history by creating the position of youth advisory liaison to sit on the dais with all of you. This was a huge win for youth in the city of Sacramento and helped elevate their voice in city policymaking. For the next steps, I would like to see the Sacramento Youth Commission play a significant role in the design and execution of the implementation plan for the Youth Advisory Liaison. I strongly urge your yes vote in continuing it on in the pr- implementation process, ensuring the Youth Liaison is adequately compensated and ensuring city staff start recruitment efforts before the school year ends because high schools, community colleges, and university campuses provide enormous access to potential applicants. I appreciate your time. Thank
1: Thank you you for your comments. Next speaker is Isaac Gonzalez Then Keon Bliss.
10: Good evening,
23: thank you, Mayor, City Council. My name is Isaac Gonzalez. I'm a lifelong resident of the City of Sacramento. For informational purposes only, I'm the president of the Tahoe Park Neighborhood Association. Uh, And back in December, when this first came to Council, I called in for my support, um, to voice my support about this idea. Uh, And I shared with you at the the time that the Tahoe Park Neighbors Association had just adopted uh, in our new bylaws that we would uh, hold a space for a youth board member for the first time in our 30-year history. Maybe an oversight in the original bylaws, but nonetheless... (laughs) He was. This is my time now. Hold on. I remember
0: uh, fighting for that.
23: <laughs> so uh, now I will come back to you. And in January, uh, we did take a our first youth uh, board uh, council, board member of all time in Tahoe Park. So we have a really terrific um, board member. And I want to tell you that in my personal experience, already in just three months, it has really impacted our association. We have youth input and a backstop now to check that the ideas that we're putting outwards are actually gonna resonate with the young people in our neighborhood. We've never been able to do that before. We've had increased volunteerism. We have just increased energy within our organization. She uh, recently just uh, participated in our annual board retreat where we sit down for hours and hours and hours and talk about all the things we wanna do for the next year, for five years, for our budget. What are our priorities? And it's just so refreshing to have that young voice uh, included with us. Now, just like you, she, her, um, her vote on, on our panel is just ceremonial and she provides a lot of, uh, uh recommendations, but I, why can't we make this space? It just makes so much sense. As the council member Vang said earlier, you know, this is our future. This is our, our community. And this is a great way to inspire people to be those future leaders. There's young people in here tonight who are here because this is, uh, their assignment for school. Imagine if it was just not a dream that one day you would be participating uh, in city council, but you would really actually have an opportunity there. I think it's a great idea and I just want to give my full support to it. Thank you. Thank you. And forgiveness on the oversight mayor.
1: Thank you for your comments. Thank you. Um, Next speaker is Keon Bliss. Then Anna Toacolo.
24: (laughs) Greetings city council. I just wanted to lift up and support um, our youth communities and really getting a meaningful say um, in this body for uh, issues that are relevant to their future as well as to uh, the rest of the Sacramento community. Um, as it stands, you know, in this in the United States, uh, our our youth populations are, uh, are stunningly underrepresented in our decision-making uh, structures and. Even if it's uh, advisory in nature, having, that, like, having their voice in these uh, decision, like, in these conversations, especially on issues that are directly related to them, are vastly important. In fact, I would uh, challenge this body to, um, as, like, as you are developing uh, this position, to actually consider giving them a genuine vote uh, on this decision. It, uh, it, people as young as 12 are actually allowed to participate in meaningful decision making, such as... Participatory budgeting which you all just had a pilot of um, in the last year and uh, young and people as young uh, community residents as young as 12 were allowed to actually participate and this is a growing movement that is uh, continuing in over 7,000 cities across the world um, hundreds here in the United States which uh, With uh, people as young as 11 years old um, in places like New York having and being able to vote on how uh, public dollars are spent um, on projects and programs that will directly impact them. Um, and it's co- like, and it continues to build success. So as you're continuing to develop it, I just wanna say I support this, uh, uh, this position being created and wanna encourage you to continue uh, building on that and don't se- uh, set this as the floor and not the ceiling. Thank you.
1: Thank you for your comments. Next speaker is Anna Tuakalo and then Dao Vang.
25: Hello, good evening, Mayor Steinberg, members of the council. My name is actually Anatol Kolo. I'm here as a representative of the SAC Kids First Coalition. I'm also the director of youth programs for a nonprofit called Alliance for Education Solutions, one of the longstanding partners of this coalition. As someone who was born and raised out here in Sacramento, specifically in District 2, I've worked alongside a lot of different young people out here, and so I feel really obligated to stand amongst y'all today, just to tell you how much pride I've had as a young person in my city. I also know personally that when that pride is no longer there, and when youth don't feel connected to their city, it's a lot easier to disrupt, disengage, and dismantle systems that weren't created for them to succeed in the first place. And so I'm here just to ask that you all please consider to pass this process along with the implementation process and the recommendations that were just made to you all um, so that young people can feel absolutely proud of their city and also come to an understanding that that their council loves and empowers youth voice for not just themselves but also their families and their communities and the future of this city. Um, Please consider putting your trust in young people because as we always say every single time we're here that young people are not just 30% of the population today, they are 100% of our future and they deserve a seat at the table where decisions are being made that have things to do with them as individuals. And so I'm asking that you all please listen to the youth development plan, that title that was also created a couple years back at one of our youth town halls which Mayor Stardenberg attended and the title is nothing about us without, without, us. Us. without, without us. us nothing about us. us all right thank you all so much thank you for your comments
1: I have eight speakers online I have eight speakers online the first is Dao Vang then Angela Maldonado.
21: Hi I um, hope you, you can all hear me but uh, good evening mayor and city council members uh, my name is Dow and I'm a resident of the city and also identify as a young adult and youth ally. Uh, just before I get started, just uh, with it being Women's History Month, I wanted to offer my you know, congratulations on another historic, historic achievement of being a majority woman-led cit- Sacramento City Council. And also being the first city council to establish a youth position who will inform uh, council decision as well, right? Uh, with this, uh, the council has made great strides to ensure that our youth's voices are heard in the city's uh, making decision as well. Um, I'm calling in to ask that you continue this great work and support changing the age eligibility of the youth advisory liaison to 16 through 24 to expand opportunities for those under the ages of 18 as well so that they could be more actively involved in the decision making processes and uh, as council member Mai had said uh, I think this is where you could all you know intentionally get and get the Sacramento Youth Commission to get more involved in uh, designing the designing and, and also executing the, the implementation plan beyond just, you know, just giving inputs, right? Uh, they could also design the Irish campaign and lead Irish activities, and even screening applications or make recommendations of individuals to P and P com- the P and PE community to consider, as Maya has stated before. Um, yeah, and uh, I just want to respectfully urge that the city make sure that this role is also sustainable and that the individuals is adequately uh, compensated as well, right? and that you are, you, are, you are all supportive of this individual so that they could also succeed in the role as well. Uh, thank you for your time.
1: Thank you for your comments. Next speaker is Angela Maldonado.
26: Hi council, good afternoon. My name is Angela Maldonado. I'm a member of the community and um, specifically living in district two. I'm also here as a youth program manager at the Latino Coalition for a Healthy California, where I run a youth internship to provide support with learnings for civic engagement for our local SAC youth. And I'm also a member of the SAC Kids First Coalition. Um, I'm calling in support of city staff working on the youth advisory uh, liaison. Um, I hope that the age range is aligned with the SAC Youth Commission. I ask that it please get moved to 16 to 24. Um, I also uh, urge that this person is trained, supported, and onboarded within the Office of Youth Development. I also urge the city to ensure that the individual is adequately compensated. I also urge the city to ensure that the youth um, advisory liaison has the support by city staff that they need to succeed in this position. Um, And I'd love to see recruitment efforts start before the end of the school year Um, A lot of recruitment can happen at school and through word of mouth. Um, If we can prioritize these rulings, we can stand course with implementation of the Children's Fund and not only fund vital youth supports for the city of Sacramento, but also be a catalyst for the nation to reach youth health equity um, for the city of Sacramento.
1: Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker is um, Noel Mora.
10: Uh, good evening, uh, Council and Mayor. My name is Noel Mora. I'm a community member and leader, and I will be very brief. Uh, I agree with all of our uh, speakers and all the youth and youth advocates that have um, raised a lot of points already. So I just want to say I'm thankful to this council, to um, the leadership of Councilmember Vang, and to our city manager for seeing the importance of this youth liaison position. Uh, seeing the importance of its timely implementation, and for being thoughtful with the process. And of course, um, uh, I wholeheartedly support this with all of my being. So I just wanted to take t- the time to make this comment, and I look forward to hearing what our youth and youth advocates still have left to say. Thank you.
1: Thank you for your comments. Next speaker, Shazad Uh
10: Hello, can you hear
5: me? We can. Uh, hi, so my name is Shahzad Um I'm a second year mathematics major at UC Davis. I work for an organization called Improve Your Tomorrow, otherwise known as IYT. Uh, we here at IYT strongly support the youth liaison position. Uh, we respectfully urge this council to continue to implement this fund in a timely manner. Thank you.
1: Thank you for your comments. Next speaker is Kat.
6: Hi, can you hear me? We can hi uh good evening to the mayor and city council members my name is catherine i'm a youth with long innovating politics also known as hip i am in here once again in support of the youth advisory liaison the last time i was here speaking the city council made a historic vote and created the youth advisory liaison position now with the position created we must continue to ensure that this is a fair position for our youth if we start to look at the language for the resolution the background states that the city council recognizes the importance of elevating and integrating youth of The voices of youth ages 18 to 24. However if we want to elevate and integrate the voices of our youth we need this position to also support those within that age range. I strongly urge the city council to allow any youth starting at the age of 16 to become the youth advisory liaison. Looking at section 2 of the resolution it states that the youth advisory liaison is supposed to attend regularly scheduled city council meetings. Furthermore in the economic impacts of this report it states that the youth advisory liaison may be paid a $50 stipend per meeting. This meeting began at 5 and will probably end around 8 to 8:30. If it ends at 8, the youth advisory liaison will be paid about 16.66 per hour. However, if it stops at 8:30, the youth advisory liaison will be paid about 14.28 per hour, which is under the state's minimum wage of 15.50. Really any meeting under 3 hours is going to be under minimum wage. I am sure that the youth advisory liaison is also going to be spending time beyond these city council meetings. I am urging that the city make sure that the youth advisory liaison is properly compensated. On top of this, currently school is in, in session and the city has probably what will be its largest outreach space available. I highly encourage that the city begins the recruitment to the youth advisory liaison before the school year closes. In the city's effort to support youth, we need to make sure that this support is also reflected in the youth advisory liaison's position. Thank you.
1: Thank you for your comments. Next speaker is Emmanuel. Emmanuel, if you'll unmute.
8: Hello. Hello, can you guys hear me? We can. Hello, my name is Emmanuel Olu. I am a second-year electrical engineering major here at UC Davis. I also work with an organization called Improve Your Tomorrow, also known as IYT. I just wanted to comment and strongly support the youth liaison position and the SAC Children's Fund as well. We respectful We respectfully urge this council to continue to implement this fund. in a Thank you. Thank
1: you for your comments. The next speaker is Richard Wake.
16: Yeah. Good evening, Richard Wake, Sacramento city council district seven. Um, you know, I think everybody supports youth. I, I think that goes without saying the city has some wonderful programs and everything, but you know, I, I'm not really quite sure how I see the, you know, this position as a youth liaison being any more important than any of the other chairs and commission members that serve on other boards and commissions and you know if if we're going to uplift youth in this community which you know i guess i'm not really opposed to it i guess my thought is is that let's give due power to some of the other commissions so they can have equal access like the youth uh youth uh liaison will we need a we need a police review commission that can actually. You know, implement policy and be heard by the city council and have a fair shake at getting their recommendations heard. You know, it's been quite a while since any of those things have been put on the agenda. You know, or what about Measure U and and uh, you know the uh, the public budgeting? I guess of one million dollars. You know, we really need to give Measure U the Measure U Commission a little bit more footing here so they can have more input. So, you know, it's great that we're supporting youth, but, you know, let's, let's be fair about it and let's start taking a look at these, uh, excuse me, at these other commissions, especially the Police Review Commission, and let's start giving them the authority that they need to implement meaningful police reform in Sacramento and give them a fair shake to have their viewpoints heard just as we would the youth of Sacramento. Thank you.
1: Thank you for your comments. And our final speaker is Charles um, Kraytentig. Charles, if you'll unmute. Charles Kranitig if you'll unmute. Mayor, it appears we have no more speakers.
0: Okay. Thank you very much to the members of the public, especially the young people, for uh, showing up and, and weighing in. Okay. Uh, let's turn it over to the City Council uh, for, for discussion. This is a, a direction. It's not a, an action item. That's what Council Member Vang, Mayor Pro Tem Vang, has asked for here. And uh, Mayor, uh, Vice Mayor, you're going to go first.
18: Yes, uh, thank you, Mr. Go. Mayor. For, first, uh, let, me, let me just thank uh, Mayor Pro Tem Vang for, you know, for her steadfast commitment to youth and for con- her consistent work um, that she's done as a, as a school board member, as community advocate and uh, and and even in bringing this this item forward, um, now you know I'll keep my, my comments and uh, you know brief and short. I won't repeat. I was one of the dissenting votes on on this item when this came to council, um, and I know that the council decided to move forward on this decision. Um, I still though uh, you know again I, I was an advocate for Measure L, for Measure G, even our previous measure. In 2016, I forget the letter now. You know, might have been Enya. I don't know, but uh, but uh, and and the fact that we continue to um, you know underfund the need and the support for our youth and the leadership aspect. Uh, but I, I still think that you know the 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 approach to do that is not through this this issue. Nonetheless, uh, I understand that this is going to P and P, and I full confidence that the P and P committee. And I don't sit on it, so. I, I, you know, I have full confidence that the members of p will will address some of those issues. You know, some of the challenges, particularly when it comes to um, decision-making um, uh, issues and when we're even looking at not just age 16, but even some conversations about bringing it down to age 12. Um, and uh, and, uh, the, uh, and those aren't insurmountable, but there are issues that, that I think need to be resolved. Uh, the question of, you know, geographical representation and how does one person who would represent thirty a third of the population plus, because we're not just talking about, you know, uh, I think the census puts that people under the age of 18 is about 115,000 in the city of Sacramento. But we're looking at, you know, also including those from 18 to 24 adults, 18 to 24 into this, how does one person be an accurate representation? Uh, again, that to me, that's a big factor why I always felt that our youth commission is a better body that represents a more diverse group of folks in figuring out how do we empower and support the youth commission and give them. Uh, maybe it's my time as a planning commissioner where I feel that commissions have a uh, a, uh, a dialogue role involved in that to be able to have peers address those issues that bring it before the body. Uh, but I, I I feel that you know the the PMP committee will address those plus the the issues of support. Uh, look, I, you know, when uh, I, I think it's the, the timing that's involved in, in having all, uh, for a person to be able to do this type of work. It's tough enough for us as council members to do this level of work. Um, you know, again, I think those are all questions that I hope PNP, PNP will, will take a look at this as it moves forward with timing. So I'll leave it there, uh, Mr. Uh, Mayor and, and Council Member Vang. Uh, I know the, the prior council moved in that direction and... Um, you know, to me, I just—I uh, again—I think that that uh, there's a better approach, and that's strengthening the Youth Commission and figuring out its role, just like we have to strengthen all the other commissions. So I'll leave it at there, Mr. Mayor.
0: Okay, thank you, Councilmember Talamantes. Uh, Mayor Pertame, again, but I want to—yeah, uh, ma- I, we'll I, yeah, I want to make sure that uh, members weigh in here. I know I have something to say, but I was going to hear from the other members. So, uh, Councilmember Talamantes.
19: Thank you, Mayor. Um, Kudos to Pro Tem Bang for always organizing. (laughs) That's one thing we count on you, organizing and bringing folks to to public comment. So kudos to all the speakers for your first time doing public comment. Good job. I know some of you attended my town hall yesterday. Good job. You're taking the right steps to civic engagement. Um, I was disappointed that this council took this vote the week prior to having a new governing body prior to having three new women on the council and to celebrate a majority woman city council. So I'll just say I was disappointed. And I know I asked some of you if we could postpone it to give us an opportunity to comment on this, something that's gonna impact us, and nonetheless, everyone moved forward with it. So I do wanna make that clear. To me, it feels undemocratic to have someone sitting at this dais, at the city of Sacramento, that was not elected by the people of the city of Sacramento. Many people under the age of 25 run for office, including Michael Tubbs, who won in Stockton with over 50,000 votes, including the current mayor of Hercules, and a few council members that I recently met at the League of Cities, newly elected orientation, and there's good energy out there. And there's more organizations right now that are empowering young people to run for office. And there's more people willing to mentor and share their experiences. Because what we're doing right now with someone at the age of 16 to 24 is we're electing someone or appointing someone to represent the people in the city of Sacramento that could run for office. Anyone over the age of 18 can vote and may run for office. So that is a concern, and if they are two-year terms, if someone's 24 at the time that they're appointed, are they 26? If they're 23, they become 25. And if they're under the age of 18, now I'm thinking about work permits. (laughs) And if it's a school night, they can only work four hours. And there's a lot of questions that I do have, and that is where I am comfortable with personnel committee, which that's the job of personnel to figure out what works best for us and our commission structures to take a stab at this because I have a lot of questions and I know that the budget ask is new and I do ask that that come to budget committee anything moving forward on the council if we're trying to strengthen our committees and our commissions needs to take the appropriate process and you know I've met a lot of elected officials in California um, who would be young enough to be appointed to this position. And so are we saying with this resolution that their efforts to get elected were unnecessary or less hard won due to their age? Those are some questions I have right now. And that's where, you know, what district will this young person come from? Is it District five, three, two, one? What does that mean for that community? How long will the term be? I know two years has been mentioned, but maybe one year give everybody an opportunity to sit at the dais. I'm also worried about the different groups. What about our undocumented community who can't vote, who pay taxes, who work in Sacramento? DACA, our residents that can't vote. A lot of people, you know, would love to sit on this dais, including many people in our disabilities community, our seniors, there's a lot of community groups and that's where we have commissions. Commissions need to make sure that we, we need to make sure that we take, in, take advantage of our commissions. These are people that are volunteering their time to help the city of Sacramento, people that have applied for this, and we need to do better. I know the next item is <laughs> council rules of procedure, and it's an opportunity to strengthen our commissions. Um, I just have a lot of answer, unanswered questions, and uh, I do support it going to personnel, but I also do want the budget asked to come to budget. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Other members aside from Mayor Pro Tem, because we'll get around to her last. Uh, Council Member Kaplan.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Mayor. Um, thank you, Mayor Pro Tem, Maivang. Um, I really just want to summarize what I'm hearing, because haven't I- Haven't heard it all yet, I, 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 Like, what I'm hearing as what, or how, who's come, who is coming after Please tell us what you would like further discussion yeah. at PP&E. So for the most part, I'm listening and I want to absorb and I want to work with staff to so that we can address at this council because I think Council Member Telemontes did say it, it, it was a little disappointing with knowing that in one week on such a big item that three new councilwomen um, didn't have this decision and, you know, I might have 20 years of experience on a school board of what it is to have a, a youth voice um, on the board and what that may mean. So I want to look at all the concerns that are brought up. I want those to come to PP&E. And I really wanna work with staff on what are all the options and what does all of this look like. Um, I appreciate Mayor Pro Temmai um memo, which, I look at that as as an advisement of items to look at uh, for PP&E, whether we can stick to the schedule or not. Like, I I don't want to hamstring us to uh, sticking to a schedule when it may take staff more time to figure out something, because I can tell you the one thing I am very concerned about is the age. The 16 to 18, when somebody is in high school I am very concerned about, one, we know we need a work permit, but two, um, are we only advantaging those who are homeschooled or have an alternative high school schedule because those are the only ones that are gonna have the time to commit if this gets fully um, implemented? So that's something I want to hear more about and have staff work on as it comes to PP&E, but that's a big concern of mine, having been a school board member for 20 years and knowing students who are going on to college, how intense their high school uh, curriculum can be so uh, I am taking notes about what everybody is saying um, and look forward to this coming to PP&E for f- further discussion and I do actually support councilmember Telemontes request that if there is a budget request it should also go for discussion and budget. Sure.
0: it will councilmember Jennings
22: <laughs> thank you mayor um, Really impressed with the speakers tonight, um, especially our young people, who took the bold step to step up to the mic and to express what they wanted to say today. And I hope this will be the first of many times that they will, they will do that, um, because it's important that we hear the youth voice. And someone said it a little bit earlier that they love and empower youth voice. So you know I go back to my years on the school board as well when we were one of the first districts to bring a youth onto the board in the Sac City Unified School District and it was interesting because we had all the same questions that we have here tonight today and at the last meeting that we had um, we had all the same questions in we didn't answer all those questions in one meeting. It took time to answer a lot of those questions. But when it was finally done, when everything was done, and that youth voice sat on the council, and you started hearing the voice of the youth and how it helped us who were adults in the room thinking that we knew it all and what was best for the youth, the youth voice was so refreshing and so powerful. and. I heard that again tonight I heard one of our speakers talk about so refreshing, underrepresented and needs to be heard early often and always so I, I, I know that everything hasn't been answered, but I'm a big I'm a big supporter of the youth voice coming on this dais and sitting in that seat and I look at. Councilwoman Bang, who calls me coach. Now, I could be offended if I wanted to, but it's a term that's endearing. When she calls me coach, it's because it's someone that she looks up to and she knows that she can come to for advice. I can imagine that person sitting right there in that seat whispering to their coach about a certain item and information that they may not have <laughs> that she's going to be able to teach them. I can also go 10 years from now and that person may be running for office because of the experience that they've gotten sitting right on this seat, on this dais. All of us needed some type of a mentor or coach or someone in our lives that helped us to be able to get to that next step. It gave us the confidence to be able to take that next step. I'd be one of those people. I sit here today because of the shoulders that I stand on. So I think this thing is getting better and better as I look at it because the budget that she put together speaks to the car allowance. It speaks to the onboarding. It speaks to the training and development. It speaks to the car allowance. It speaks to the basic services and supplies, the technology that's going to be needed. It speaks to the stipend that we're going to be able to pay the person in order to be able to do this job and be able to do it and do it well. And so when I think about all the things that we're doing, we're setting this person up for success by giving them this opportunity. And so I stand strongly in support of this, as I did when we voted for it. I stand firmly in support. There's some things that I'm going to talk to to Councilwoman Vang about, about changing some things on this proposal, so that the onboarding comes when we're not on vacation in the winter break. It's just a simple little thing, just easy to overlook. But that person, once they get started in the very beginning of December, they're getting started and they're getting ready to start in January, the onboarding needs to happen at a different time and place. But that can, that's a small thing to take care of. And I'm sure our city clerk has already caught that. But that's all. <laughs> um, I just, I'm in strong support of this, and I know there's some questions that all of us have. I have them too. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to give all my questions and my comments to Councilwoman Vang, and I'm going to let her mix them into the pot so that there's going to be a big gumbo that comes out of this that's going to be very tasty, and everybody's going to be mad when they don't get invited to the party. Right? That's that's what's going to happen. Because when we have that youth sitting here, when we have that youth sitting here on the, on the dais with us, we're all going to sit back and say, what were our greatest fears? Yep. What, were we, what, we, what were we afraid of? Yep. What did we learn yep. is going to be the question that we'll ask in the future. What did we learn? How did we benefit by having that youth voice at the table? So I'm a big supporter of this.
0: Very good. Thank you. Uh, Councilmember Member Valenzuela and the Lowy, then I'm going to make a comment.
14: Go ahead. Well, I'm never punching up after you again, Councilmember Jennings. <laughs> that was beautiful, and I almost wish we could just stop. But um, I wanted to add that I mean, I started sitting on boards and in decision making spaces when I was 13 years old. I was really lucky I had a dad who said, Gosh, we're talking about students' issues. We need to have a student in the room. And I wasn't like a slacker kid either. You know, I played sports all year round, I was in band and I still managed to get an academic scholarship to UC Davis while serving on all of these community boards. So I definitely don't want us to underestimate our young people and what they're capable of in this role. I think that I'm so excited to see what this role can create and I really wanna lift up what Councilmember Vang was saying like I'm not wedded to who is the actual structure person but I believe we have people on our city team who are experts in working with young people and just because we were young people six years or eight years or 10 years or more ago that doesn't make us youth development experts even when we were young people that didn't make us youth development experts it's a specialized field it's work that people spend their careers perfecting and being a young person's changing every day i i can't even imagine what it's like to be a young person today and so i think it's just so important that we put the right city team around this position, and I'm really glad city manager to hear your support for that because they do amazing work with Summer at City Hall and with the Youth Commission, and I think that they could bring a lot of great support to the clerks team who work so hard and to our executive team here, but they need that help, I believe. You know, I think that, um, I just want to say that for me, I actually support, I like the idea of one-year terms um, that Councilmember Talamante has brought up, just to make sure that we're moving through regularly. That feels like the right pace um, to get someone up to speed enough that they can, also works a little bit better with the academic schedule. I'd like us to think about that a little bit, you know, in terms of when does it onboard, is it summer? Is it winter, I don't know what the best time is, but I think we could try to sync that up so that our graduating seniors or other folks feel like they may be, and maybe that's something the Youth Commission can help advise us on. Um, I remember one year I was planning this youth conference, planned by youth, and they scheduled it during AP testing week, and we were like, who did this? Um, so, um, like, talk to the youth about the scheduling, and I think they might be able to work with us so that the clerks still can take a holiday break, and we can actually get them up to speed in a timely fashion, um, and I'm really interested, I think my biggest question, even after the December vote, was how this individual will interact with the full youth commission and what that process will be. I think in the ordinance we said at least periodically, but I think that's so important because the point is real. You know, it is one person, and so how are they, like, working with or communicating with our chairs of our other commissions? How are they interacting with the full youth commission so we ensure all those voices are there? But. I'm just really energized every time young people are at our meeting. So thank you all for coming online and in person. And just really can't wait to see what that feels like. And I think honestly for me, what's most important is that this wasn't established in a way that we can't adjust. That, you know, as we go, if we start to say, gosh, that doesn't this isn't quite working, or if the young people in the role in particular are like, hey, this isn't quite working, we need to start figuring this out, it should be something different, we can adjust. And and that makes me excited too. We can perfect the model. So that's something I'm really looking forward to talking about at PMPE um, and for many weeks to come. So thank you, Councilmember Vang, also for your thoughtful presentation. Appreciate it.
4: Thank you, Councilmember Lilowy. Thank you very much, Ms. Mayor. Um, yes, thank you very much, uh, Councilmember Vang, for that presentation. Um, I think one of the youngsters from my district uh, said it beautifully. You are. 30% of today, but 100% of tomorrow, right? Yes. Thank you. And, and, and I strongly believe that. And I, and I strongly believe that, 110%. The part that, regarding this, I have a lot of questions, which we're going to discuss during FFNE, PMP, I'm sorry, um, which is great. My concern right now, today, is about the youth in my district and some of the other districts, that are wondering how they're going to afford tickets for their prom dance, right? Uh, wondering how they're going to uh, get their clothes ready for prom, which is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. So, as much as this has some meat on it, and Again, I have a lot of questions. It doesn't really help the most vulnerable youths in certain districts that are sharp, they can make things happen, but they need some kind of economical assistance and help to be able to experience life at the age that they are. I have a lot of respect for youth, and I wanted you to enjoy every year that you have because you get it once. So you're only 16 once, right? And you can't can't have it back. But I want to make sure that those issues are also addressed during this council because that's what sets up our future. When we have high school students that cannot experience the experience of high school and its events. Um, that's a big concern as well. So um, I, I, again, about this, I have a lot of questions and concerns, but I just want to plant that seed also that we have high school students that cannot go to prom this year simply because they can't buy the tickets. And, and for a city that's ranked number one in California, uh, myself, because some of them are my district, I'm ashamed of that. So, thank you. Okay.
0: Make a couple of comments. Um, I spoke um, strongly in favor of this in December, and I continue to be strongly in favor of it. Um, I do want to say, especially to some of my new colleagues here, that the vote in December was a statement of intent, is what it was. It was an important statement of intent and direction. but. This body, this governing body, gets to decide whether, whether we go forward, ultimately, and how we go forward. And so that's appropriate, given the fact that this involves um, uh, a great deal of specificity in terms of how we do something that is unique. And as uh, Mayor Temvang said, uh, we would be the first in the country. I want to agree with some parts of the concern and disagree with others. Um, and Sean, uh, Councillor you sort of stole a little bit of my thunder, but that's okay, you went first. Um, no, no, it's good. What, distinguish, what distinguishes young, a youth seat from other, um, from other representative groups in our city? There is something that distinguishes young people from everybody else, and it's exactly that nice saying. 30% of the population, but 100% of the future. You can't say that necessarily about any other group. And so there is a reason, and in fact, it's an inspiring reason to say that we wanna hear a youth voice every single week as we uh, deliberate the the direction um, and the future of the city. But here's where I wanna agree some with some of the concern that comes from Talamontis, And you've you said this a number of times, and it, I really think about it, that an 18-year-old, a 19-year-old, a 20-year-old, a 22-year-old can, under our, our Constitution, under our city charter, can run for public office. And, in fact, you cited examples of where um, young people uh, in their early 20s have ran and have won public office. So when I think about the youth seat and when this was first brought to my attention, what I first thought, and I come back to this, is why shouldn't this be a 16 to 18-year-old? Or, or somebody who's under 18, who's a junior or senior in high school? Because then you would address that issue, somebody who's not eligible to run for the office. And I also think that it's at that age, that high school age, where we wanna inspire that young person or the young people. Um, to think about, could I imagine myself sitting on this dais? Well, they won't just have to imagine it. One will be able to experience it. And I think that might be um, a way to sort of reconcile some of the concerns, Council Member Kaplan, Chair of p here, that um, you've been hearing tonight, that let's, let's look at a high school junior, a high school senior, and let's empower him, her, or they, to um, to want to experience what it is like to sit on an adult, on an adult governing body. In terms of the geography of this, and I get the argument that young people, um, high school students, are busy, but so are college students, um, and and. You know, that old saying, you want to get something done, give it to a busy person. I mean, there are a lot of young people who are um, really rightfully ambitious, just like we all are, right? Who want to be engaged, who want to lead, who want to do that extracurricular. So why not give a, a, a high school student in their junior or senior year this tremendous opportunity? the geographic equity issue comes from reloy i hear you so how do you assure that your district will be represented over time i think that's fair i think one year terms are right for that reason and and to ensure that there is i don't know if it's district by i don't know if it's district by district rotation but some form of rotation that would ensure the geographic diversity and of course we're always going to be appropriately um committed to other diversity as well, in terms of all the other diversity in terms of the appointment. Um, so I think we can do this, and I think we could do it in the right way, and I, I think, Rick Jennings, you did say it so beautifully, and, and what's there to be afraid of here? This could be empowering. Um, it, 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 um, it, it will certainly be beneficial to us and remember, it's, it's a non-voting position. That would be a different story, and I'm not sure, I don't think I would be there, actually, because then I think it'd go right to the heart of that democracy and representation issue, but this is a non-voting seat. And I think it can only add to uh, our deliberation here and, and the outcome of the decisions we make. Finally, Council Member Kaplan, in terms of time, I think um, the one thing that I just want to say to you, and you will do a great job taking all of this and working with your committee and producing something, I would ask you as mayor to please follow the approximate timeline that was presented here by uh, Council Member Bank, because the one thing, because if this is controversial or there's a lot of different ideas or ways to do it, the one thing that we don't want to do is just let the clock tick. Because that can, you know, the inertia thing, can't, it, it, it can happen unintentionally it can't happen so let's let's please stick to that timeline so that we come back to the council consistent approximately with the with the timeline and get this done in the right way thank you you, yes please close it out
20: thank you so much First I just want to say thank you just to all my colleagues for your feedback. Um, I will not be writing the staff report. I'm looking at Howard. We've already discussed about this because um, today we didn't have a presenter but what, what, what will come to PNP, what will come to the SAC Youth Commission will be staffed by someone from Howard will appoint a staff to work on that because obviously um, Councilwoman Kaplan can't write the implementation plan. She's super busy. and so ensuring that we have staff support to make sure that this moves along is going to be really critical but i do first just want to take this opportunity to thank all my colleagues um, for chiming in um, you know i firmly do believe that when this young person is sitting on the dais we're going to look back and said, hey we made the right decision um, i know that this young person will really uh, change the dynamic of the, the conversations that happen on this dais to make sure that we truly uh center young people and really center our city and And reimagining what that world should look like for young people. Um, I also do just want to address some of my colleagues for the points that they they brought up. Uh, Council Member Malololi you know I really appreciate you just pointing out you know the struggle that young people are having in your district and throughout our district and thinking about how we prioritize um, our youth. Uh, What I want to say with you is that elevating youth boys and fighting for this youth liaison seat doesn't take away from the work that needs to happen with our young people in the city. We can do both um, and I actually think having a young person actually strengthen uh, the agenda to ensure that we get resources to, to those young people that are in your district. So I just wanna share that with you. Um, and so it only adds to, it doesn't take away. Um, I also wanna share with Council Member Telemontes who definitely has some really, um, really good points and I, I'm happy to you know, adjust the age to like 16 to 18. That's cool with me and we can talk about it through PNP. But um, you're absolutely right that young people at the age of 18 can vote and can also run for office. And I know that they absolutely can, but oftentimes the reality is Many young people don't have the resources to run for office, don't have the human capital. Uh, For those that can, that's absolutely amazing, right, that they are able to do that, face those barriers. Um, But we know far too often that's out of reach for many of our young people. That doesn't mean that they don't have the potential. Absolutely, an 18-year-old can absolutely govern today, but I know they don't have the resources to do that. If they did, we would see more young people between the ages of 18 and 24 sitting up on this dais. Um, Again, this is really about elevating youth voice. I still, as I'm listening to my colleagues, I want to share with you that it doesn't take away from from our power, because one, this young person doesn't have a vote, right? It's really about just centering young people, and I just want to reiterate that. Um, I do have some direction. I think based on the conversation, um, right, this is going to go to PNP. Happy to uh, support that direction um, for this item, but want to reaffirm that the city manager's office worked very closely with the city clerk t- uh, to ensure that we actually bring this item to the SAC Youth Commission for meaningful input um, on this item um, in parallel as it goes to PNP, because that's really, really key, Howard. I know I share that with you um, as well, and so making sure that that happens, um, we have to make sure that we have meaningful input from young people uh, in this process. I don't want it to just be a check checkoff box, but they're truly part of that process, and so. Um, Happy to do the one-year term. I think, I mean, it sounds like a consensus as I'm listening. I'm seeing heads nod. Um, Looking at the rotation, I think that's a really great idea, Mayor, um, to think to address the geography piece. Um, And happy to, you know, I know PMP is going to talk about this. And you'll hear from the young people on the Youth Commission as well um, that we should adjust the age to to 16. 16 to 18, 16 to 24, I think I I leave that up to the commission, um, the youth commission, to provide feedback to the PNP. I'm going to let the young people decide what that age range should be. I don't think we should be the one deciding. what age range should be for young people. I think young people should be writing that recommendation. And so that's my recommendation for PMP is to lean um, on our youth commission, our youth commissioner as thought partners as we do this implementation. And uh, just to know, I know council member Talamontes mentioned, you know, if they're 24, they might age out um, in my PowerPoint. I did note because I want to make sure that it's aligned with the Sacramento youth commission is that uh, not any individual older than 22 uh, can be appointed at the age, uh, not anyone older than the age of 22 can be appointed at the time of appointment. And so I just wanted to reiterate that as well. If we move the age to 16 to 18, we wouldn't have that issue. Um, But if we do stay 16 to 24, if that's what young people are telling us, um, I think it's important that we don't appoint anyone older than 22 years of age if we were staying within that age range. So just wanted to, uh, you know, share a little bit of those points. Um, I know that Council Member Jennings has said that he was gonna give me his um, feedback and then we're gonna make a gumbo dish out of it. I wanted to just share that um, if you have feedback, please make sure that you definitely like you can CC me, but um, make sure that you CC the city clerk and Howard on this because Howard will make sure to sign uh, someone who's a youth content expert to make sure that they're helping with the implementation of this. So um, that's all my comments. I don't know Howard, if you have anything else to add? I
8: do, I have two quick clarification points. Okay. So. So, one, we will go to the Sacramento Youth Commission yes. uh, per our discussion earlier today yes. to find out what uh, characteristics we should be looking at for this person uh, and the, the type of outreach we should be doing, who we should yep. be engaging. And
20: age range, it's on the PowerPoint, all the items. I can send that to you. But, yeah. And
8: then and the summary that goes to PNPE will really be summarizing the discussion here yes. for discussion at PNPE.
20: Uh, yes, because Lisa shouldn't have to write that. The staff should be able to provide that to well, Lisa and PNP. <laughs> She's busy. So, yeah, I think making sure. Sh- yeah, she's taking sticky notes. Yeah, absolutely. You're right, uh, city manager. I think getting the information from the youth commission based on this conversation, provide that to PNP so they could really begin to also deliberate. And you know, um, Councilwoman Kaplan might have some ideas on as they're creating this. You know, having a working group from the Sacramento Youth Commission. I know I, I share with the city clerk that even after that meeting with the Sacramento Youth Commission, it might be good to have a working group of youth commissioners who are interested in helping to support this be part of the process right Um, making sure that we're intentional uh, about input and feedback along the way is going to be really critical critical if we want to ensure success uh, for this young person so that's i think that's it i
0: think i i think that is direction um and very very good discussion thorough on all sides thank you all very very much thank you to the young people we will be back All right, let us move on to the final uh, item of the evening, and that is to adopt amendments to the City Council Rules of Procedure. Um, Members, of course, we had a lengthy discussion about this some, I don't remember when now, I think it was January, Uh, it's been a couple of months, provided significant amount of feedback, I think the clerk took a lot of that feedback, and then, um, and, and now we are back, um, being called upon to make some decisions. And I know to the public, this may seem like an archaic uh, kind of issue. Why are they debating the rules of procedure? Well, um, it's very important how uh, the businesses, the city gets done. And when there are important proposals, sometimes controversial proposals, how are they decided? And one of the uh, fundamental pieces of the suggestions embedded in here is that we want to strengthen the committee process here at the City Council, because there's too much randomness when it comes to the City staff not knowing what is a real priority among the majority of the Council and what isn't, um, and and you know certainly in the legislative bodies, and this is a quasi-legislative body, using committees to vet the important issues, to debate them, to reach the necessary compromises, sometimes within committee, um, then allows there to be a more, a productive process once something actually gets to the city council and makes it easier for the city staff to not be torn in uh, nine different directions when it comes to what are the priorities. And so that is sort of the underpinning of this. There are a lot of details within. So Madam Clerk, what what's the, is there a presenter for this item or how do we, I know I've got, uh, I'm sorry. Oh. It says no presenter, so, okay.
1: make brief comments, but I think you covered it in January. You, uh, we met. Uh, yes, we I guess direction, I, the direction um, And what's bringing, like, discussed it exhaustively, and what's before you um, is the council direction from that evening.
0: Okay. Sorry about that if I took your presentation.
1: I took my thunder. I
0: took your thunder. Ah, it's happening all over tonight. Okay, there we go. Let's, uh, let's go right to members, because we sort of know the issues, and we know what some of the choices, if you will, are. I see Council Member Valenzuela and then Vice Mayor Guetta, who are uh, up for um, discussion. Go right ahead.
14: Yeah, thank you, Mayor. And I do want to echo my appreciation to the clerk. That was quite a far-ranging discussion we had a couple weeks ago, and you captured it pretty much to a tee in this document. So I'm really excited um, to be able to move forward so we can just start implementing this process. I did have uh, two clarifications, one that I think we discussed in January and one that's slightly new. So we talked a lot about reconsideration of committee motions so that the minority of the council wouldn't potentially override something that a majority on the council might support. So that's in here for when something fails, if the committee says we don't want to consider it, where it can go back to council for reconsideration. But it's not in here if the measure fails once staff drafts it and it goes to committee.
0: Explain again. So there's I'm sorry. two
14: steps to the process, right? The committee says, yes, we wanna take this on. Staff goes and works on it and they bring something back for the committee to consider. Right now, as drafted, there is no reconsideration process if that drafted measure fails at committee. So I just wanted to make sure it was reflected on both fronts. If a committee votes something down, you get one chance at an up or down reconsideration vote at council and then it's dead for a year. Um, But that, I think, was just a technical, like, we talked about that, how we wanted to make Mm -hmm. sure. It just wasn't reflected fully in the document, so I wanted to make sure Okay, I mean, the idea
0: is that at whatever threshold the committee does not pass something, and that's to be debated, that the council, through a up or down vote, could decide to reconsider and send it back to committee. Exactly. Okay. Um, so this
14: is so a step of deciding if they want to consider it, reconsideration is drafted, but at the step where they actually get a staff item, there I is no reconsideration. I, I, yeah, I, I think think, understand. I don't
0: think that was the controversial part last time. No, I don't think so either. Okay. I just want to
14: make sure it's reflected in the Thanks. final okay. motion tonight, that that's a process. And then the second point, which was recently brought up to me, because I think it's it's a fair point, and I know we're still working at P&PE at talking about the commission process, and if the commissions bring something to us, and we say, gosh, we just don't think you should work on that, what's their ability to come and say, no, we really think this should be a part of our work plan for discussion? Obviously, once again, that should be reserved for very, like, up and down votes, and it should be just once a year, and you shouldn't be able to keep bringing something back. We talked about that, but I think if the commissions decide, hey, we really, really want to work on something, and for whatever reason, P&PE disagrees, there should be a one-shot opportunity for them as well to come back with their work plan. It should only happen once a year since we're just doing the work plans once a year in theory um, for them to come to us and say, hey, we we disagree with this interpretation of our working plan and get us to give a signal up or down. So I wanted to put that on the table. That is one new thing. Um, but I think it follows the intent of what we did for the committee process in general, so I just, I thought that, the that city was a ca-
0: That the city council could.
14: That the city council could say, no, we think that's an appropriate thing for the work plan. It would only be once a year, and it would only be if for some reason there was a disagreement between the commission and PMPE. So similar concept to okay. committee. Okay, okay. That's, those are my two points. Okay, thank you.
18: Vice Mayor. <coughs> um, thank you very much. I, I wanted to thank um, the clerk and, then, and you, Mr. Mayor, and, and your office for, um, taking the time to figure out how how we best move forward, and you know i 'm glad we had that very robust debate because it was you know it was that real dialogue on parliamentary procedure right? it was on how we actually can figure out how to function better and, and i 'm glad we were looking at different options and gave us time to think because um, in in that course and time frame, uh, if there 's something that that consistently um, um, uh, i found uh, critical, we have to address. Uh, and that is making sure that uh, we are moving quickly, um, not hastily, but quickly to identify priorities for our staff uh, to work on. Nothing could have been much more uh, visible than right after the storms, when we were looking at all the challenges that were everybody was spread thin. Uh, and now, uh, looking at the log and Law and Ledge today, when I was looking through the log and then, you know I, voted on the consent calendar with that log. That log is long. You know, we've got a lot to do. And, uh, and therein lies, I think, my, my um, uh, concern and why I'd like to make sure that, uh, that we go back to the, 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 the initial point that I think is important, which is making sure that our committees, strengthening our committee so that a majority vote at a committee makes a determination whether staff move forward or whether they, whether they don't. Um, and I, I don't. Um, um, I've you know read through this process, and I don't agree that if an item dies in committee, that we should come back and take another shot at the council. Like that's exactly why we have committees, and that's why we have to strengthen the committees. I, I, don't, I don't sit on P and P, but I have full faith that the P and P folks uh, there are going to do their due diligence to review, you know, every the work plan that happens. Because I actually agree with the the point that. Uh, Councilmember Valenzuela, uh, Valenzuela brought up about um, looking at how we address uh, the the commissions, but having PMP look at the work plans of the commissions. I agree that pmp should look at um, at the, the the history and find in uh, the in the background of all the people that are appointed, uh, and then make those de- decisions for the council. But I don't get to be part of that. But that's okay because that's part of the committee process. And so therein lies, I think, the the important piece that that we have to strengthen the committee process to be able to make a determination of how something moves forward to the council. If not, we're gonna get back to this point again. I, and you know, the more I thought about this is the uh, this idea of an up or down vote coming back to council is like the council log but with a second step process. And, um, and I think that therein lies the challenge. So I, I asked the clerk to pass out and I passed out um, you know amendments to the language. Uh, very simple. All it does is it, it says that in a committee, whether it's the um, the law and ledge, PMPE, or budget committee, um, you know uh, that if you uh, if you receive a majority vote, you move forward. If you do not receive a majority vote, then um, then the issue, then the the measure sits sits on idle for a year. Um, and it deletes the the 30 day thereafter notice where you do an up or down um, up or down vote um, yeah I, I provided them the, uh, vote uh, and and for the purpose of this I, I think this is important because it helps us provide um, finality not i wouldn 't say finality but a focus of where our priorities are uh, I, I, and um, if we do that, if we do this, I do think that one it'll force our Council members to uh, work together to find how we refine our issues so that we can get to the council and do the legwork before we get to the council. So many times over the last eight years on this council, I found out that we tried to, you know, hodgepodge things at the dais at the very end without having to do that. And actually the, and I, I, I thought back about the concerns about, well, is there a Brown Act issue with the committee? Well, you know, you're still within, if, if you're not in a committee, you're still within the Brown Act numbers to be able to talk to a majority of that committee to move forward. It also, I think, empowers the the, the chairs of the committee to start setting a schedule to get things on and off that log to be able to do that forward. So, uh, all to say is, um, you know, uh, you know, Mr. Mayor, I um, I support um, what you've done here. Have you tried to make uh, us move forward? Uh, and nothing in here says that you. That if your item isn't ready, and you feel that, hey look, I'm not going to get a majority vote, well, guess what? I can take a step back and work with with the committee members to get to that point. That's part of the legislative process so mr mayor i I would like to uh, uh you know uh, move the this item, but with the attached policy here that requires a majority vote in a committee. To move forward, uh, in deleting the subsection I that uh, has this, um, I guess I would call it the second bite at the apple, or the or or I'll call it the council council log part do um, you know uh, item on there, um, and, and I would like to include the comments that uh, Councilmember Valenzuela brought up about the commission, and I'm not sure how we draft that if that comes forward. So I'd like to support- just
2: as a. Quick aside, because I want to address what Councilmember Valenzuela said. It's actually addressed in our rules under 17C of the reconsideration. Because I'm working with the city clerk, I thought about that. On the commissions, so on the commissions, there's already a process set up.
18: Okay, very good. And if it's care. not, then I, I trust PNP will look at that and say, hey, we didn't, we don't have it there.
2: <laughs> so
0: I want to ask a question of yes. clarification to you um, around your or, or around your proposal as it relates to the council committees. Yes. Um, nothing in your proposal would change some might call it a fail safe Um, would change the council rules and procedures maybe in city charter as well that the city manager or and or the mayor can circumvent the committee process and put something on the agenda if the mayor city manager chooses to do so is that right absolutely not and if and I think that's important because absolutely not, not or yes,
18: absolutely so. is not in that there. And absolutely. Yes. You are correct. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There is nothing in there. So let me make it clear. <laughs> I, I so, well, let me, let me repeat this. Minute. I yeah, think I yeah. so to that. make sure. So, uh, you know, my, my motion still maintains the status quo that the mayor or the city manager and, or, uh, can put something on the agenda. Uh, and and I think that's important because if you had, say, a committee that was run amok, right, you know, you have that fail-safe where the city manager and the mayor could put something on the agenda. Or. Uh, or, yeah, and or. Uh, and and that's important because if, say, the committee is is lagging on something that is critical and is urgent, the city manager and or
0: the mayor can make sure we meet that timely obligation. And... If the mayor, for example, disagreed with the 1-3 the committee decision, just plain disagreed, the mayor could take the risk, or the manager could take the risk, politically whatever, and say, no, I want this on the full city council agenda. Uh, you know, we, we don't have a strong mayor in this city, um, as we know, but that, but, that is a, that, but that is a provision that does give the mayor some ability to actually help a committee member, a committee chair who thinks their idea is worthy, Even if the committee members voted it down,
18: that is is true, Mr. Mayor. I agree with that, and I do think that that is a. That's that's the that is. uh, I think that that is something that should be noted. That the mayor has that ability, has had that ability, and we shouldn't
0: take that away. Okay. Just wanted to know what your proposal was. Thank you. (laughs) Not (laughs) include the vice mayor. No. You know, Mayor. I've
14: I've (laughs) joked with you before i've joked with you before mayor that i'm going to put a dollar jar up here for every time you mention strong mayor and i think i'm going to need to follow through on that but um
0: you know i do want to
14: say um for for me like some of the um there's a little bit of irony in this proposal because we're kind of doing exactly what you're saying you don't want to happen um because we talked at length about this when we talked in January about the basic fundamental democratic principle that a minority of the council shouldn't be able to override what a majority wants. And it was your idea, Vice Mayor, to say we're just gonna do an up or down potential reconsideration vote and so that's the compromise that we reached i think it's a good compromise i think it makes sense Um, it's just a simple democratic principle five of us up here agree on any one thing then we should be able to say hey no committee we want you to reconsider that thing up or down non-debatable motion That was the discussion we had in January. And so I'll admit to being a little frustrated that we're talking about this again, because I think that that principle, and I'm saying this as a chair of a committee, right? Um, As a chair of the committee that sees ordinances, that I don't like the fact that four of us, can override what five of us might want to do because that violates to me the core tenet of what's in our charter. And so I would actually like to substitute motion that we move this language as drafted with the two technical changes that I just asked for reconsideration, And and, sorry, the one technical change because Chair Kaplan pointed out that's already in the rules for the commission to make sure that reconsideration also applies in the final section when we talk about a staff proposal. We've talked about this so long, I really don't want to repeat the however many hour conversation we had in January. I thought we settled on this direction and I'd like to just move the item that Mindy has brought us forward. Thank you.
0: Okay, there is a sub- there's a main motion, a substitute motion, neither with seconds. I assume people want to hear the discussion a little bit here. Uh, Council Councilmember Maple.
11: Thank you, Mayor. Um, and I just you know, wanna provide a little background for folks who might not have uh, watched the very um, long and wonderful discussion um, about council rules and procedures. Um, that I think the goal of this is about how do we manage workload? How do we prioritize? Because um, it's really hard when you have a lot of bosses that all have really big ideas. <laughs> it's just a fact, and I've, I've worked in scenarios like that too. Um, and I think we need to have a way that we're, you know, we're managing the workload for our staff to ensure that they have the resources that they need and they have the ability to know um, what's the most important thing in the use of their time. So I, I support that goal. Um, but I still do have concerns um, that, that I shared at the, the last meeting as well. and. Um, some of those are around the key differences. I think a lot of this is modeled after the legislative process, right? And there's there's many people on this dais who have worked in and around the legislature. Some of them have been, uh, let's say, the the pro tem of the Senate um, and know a lot about it. And I think so. I see that I see that reflected in the language. Um, but there's also very big differences between how that body works and this body works. And the key key function being the Brown Act. Um, so you know, members of the legislature aren't, aren't subject to the Brown Act, and so that makes it really challenging. So if I had a proposal, let's say, that I, I'm, on a, I'm not on a committee, like let's say law and legislation that's hearing a lot of policy work, um, if I was in the legislature, I would be able to go and take my proposal and say, you know I think we should, you know, make sure we have, I don't know, all the sidewalks should be blue, and I I, should go, I would go in front of law and legend and be able to make my case, and I would be able to talk to every single one of uh, the members of that body and make my case, um, and hopefully they would be able to, to have that conversation and then make a decision this body doesn't work like that, um, and so one of the concerns that I have, just overwhelmingly, is if if certain members just equity, if certain members of these of this body are not on committees, how do um, how do they have an equitable shot at getting policy through? Let's say if there are four members that just don't agree with them on a topic. So I actually um, I agree with Member Valenzuela on that, um, and so I, I don't I don't want to make any changes. I'm just wanted to put that out there as those are some of the key concerns I still have around the process as a whole. But I support the goal and the of workload management and prioritization i think that's something we really need to do as a city um so hopefully we can we can work that through in whatever we we create here today
0: any okay very good um i'm gonna go ahead yeah
18: i i i i wanted to uh and i keep this brief uh you know the that whole purpose of uh, workload management uh, and it is exactly why I have proposed uh, these changes. And I just want to clarify for the record, for those who watched that long hearing last time and this mm-hmm. time, that I only brought up this other version without prejudice. I said, I don't know if I support it or, I, or, or agree with it. I was helping in the idea development. And I even said, I'm, I'm going to reserve you know, my own crazy idea to see whether I agree with it or not. And in thinking about it, Therein lies, uh, again, why I think it's a bad idea is that we, we will never get to a point of, uh, we will we'll continue to have these multiple debates over an issue rather than giving staff clear direction early on uh, of what our priority is. And, and, uh, and, and therein lies, I think, the issue. And I do think that we're getting to a point now where we can, with our colleagues, that we could start discussing things outside of just the committee's you know, let's make sure you know your, what your Brown Act number is, but start working early on with uh, council members so that we get to the council and not, you know, show up to the council with one crazy idea. Let's start uh, doing that early on. So that was the purpose of, uh, of taking out, deleting I. And I, I just wanted, to, for the record, I just wanted to say that the reason I brought it up was not because I thought it was a good idea. I just said,
0: let me throw an idea out there. Okay. Uh, Councilmember Talamantes. Talamantes.
19: Okay, so we have a motion, and we have a substitute motion, right, Mayor? Yes. Okay. All right, so let me um, voice some of my concerns and then some parts of uh, Vice Mayor Guerra's new proposal that I support. So um, on item B, procedures A, uh, when the council member submits request in writing to the city clerk, I do think that that council members should put what recommended committee that item should go into whether it's personnel budget law and ledge the majority of the stuff does fall into law and ledge but anything that does have a fiscal impact that will cost the city dollars does need to come to budget mm-hmm. and so we do need to use these committees and if our intent is to save Howard, <laughs> our city manager, and staff time. Then we have to strengthen the committee structure. So, Vice Mayor, I'm okay with getting, we're getting rid of two two. Um, now, because a lot of us don't sit on law and ledge, and the majority of the policies that come before us go there, I do find it problematic for BI. Though within 30 days, removing this piece. Um, because that council member that proposed it, that had it come to law and ledge, should have the ability to come back um, and make a say, but then at the same time, a little, again, it goes back to saving Howard's staff, <laughs> staff time. So I guess um, city manager, I'd like to know your opinion on, uh, on if the proposal does not receive sufficient committee support, what, what, your, what your thoughts are on this.
8: I didn't know I was gonna get a vote, but okay. <laughs> uh, what we shared at the last meeting, I, you know, the goal here, and, and Vice Mayor hit it on the head, is that we're trying to streamline and focus our, our, you know, our staff workload. And you know, the log that was created uh, was kind of a stopgap to in an attempt to make sure we had consensus of the council prior to working on an item. Uh, I, you know, if, if you're asking me uh, my opinion, it sounds like you are. Mm-hmm. I am. I, I'm supportive of a very strong committee structure. Where you know if it doesn't have the support of the committee, it should just go away for a year. Uh, Everything else here uh, lends itself to exactly what the vice mayor said, and that is that it will create uh, potentially more work than if we just left everything as is. So, so that's that's my and there's some of these other ones are just nipping around the edges, but but I do believe that you know if if we're going to do a stronger committee structure, let's have a stronger committee structure.
19: Okay. So um, you know what, I'm not ready to do make <laughs> to support a uh, next motion I want to hear from Councilmember Kaplan and Councilmember Valenzuela, but I, d- I am concerned about, you know, someone that doesn't sit on any of the lawn ledge, like what can we do? So
4: is that the... can you reintroduce that? Is yeah, that, is that I mean
8: that is still in play and so you know, the mayor or the city manager and uh, most of the time it's and uh, and the mayor and city manager. So yeah, that could come up at any point on any given Tuesday. So that's an opportunity. Yeah.
19: Okay, so that'll give us an opportunity to... Yeah, okay. absolutely. If, if the mayor
8: wants to bring the board. Or, or the city manager. Or the city manager. Right.
27: Yeah.
0: And yes, I'll I'll happily fill that jar with dollar bills of talking about the structure of this government because, because uh, let's be honest, you want to grapple with... What this really is about here, it's about who has the authority here to actually make policy in this city. That's what it's about in in, in part. Okay. And so we can joke about that, but what, and, and I'm not bringing forward strong mayor ever again. I promise you, that'll be for yeah. Believe me, that'll be for $2. some <laughs> that Two dollars. That'll be for somebody else to do. But but if you, <laughs> but if you don't think that the structure of this government is part of the problem, including the, fr- including the frustration, excuse me, including the frustration from all sides of the political spectrum here about not being able to m- get things done or move things forward well or fast enough, then um, we can have these debates all day. But that's in part what it's about. And so yes, the failsafe about a mayor and or a city manager being able to actually assert some authority and bring something forward is actually relevant to what i think is problematic in this in this system of government as the city grows and as we and this is not personal i've said it a zillion times couldn't ask for a better partner (laughs) it's about the structure and so it's relevant to me and it's serious to me so we can joke all you want and everybody will make their play here in terms of how they want these rules to work but i'm thinking about the the long-term future of this city and this system brings a certain pace of progress, no matter what side of the spectrum, political spectrum you're on. So I'm not shying from it, thank you. Council Member Kaplan.
2: Uh, thank you, Mayor, thank you, colleagues. Um, I definitely am feeling the weight tonight of the work that you are putting on me as chair of PP&E. Um, know that I don't take it lightly. Many of you have known me for a long time that I am kind of a process and procedure girl and you know, I've been an attorney for 23 years so I kinda like rules and knowing what they mean and how to work within them. So I've listened to all of you. I think I know where people are ending up and I know this discussion that we had Um, last month it was a really good discussion. I know that we weren't all in agreement even then with how it ended up. Um, So bear with me. I'd like to kind of walk through what I think would be a reasonable compromise and if somebody would want a second after I put forward this and then continue discussion, um, I think it would be good if you take what Council Member Guerra um, proposed. So on the first change for procedures, you know, honestly, this, this came from me, um, that when a council member comes up with an idea that they need to submit um, their proposal in writing, so I would actually keep that a must, not a may. I think it's behooven on us that if we wanna move things forward, that's how we also get to have a voice and a say, when we take the time to write it down and have the facts and have the background, Um, and do that I think it's incumbent upon us so I would like to keep that as as originally drafted Um, on moving to where it says standing committees um, item B I heard what councilmember Talamante said what Valenzuela said Um, I would um, keep a as is and then B where it says if a proposal receives a two to vote um, in committee um, that kind of you delete the rest within 30 days it has to come to city council for an up or down vote as to whether it should go back and continue to be work on
0: you're for that
2: i am i am i am saying that that's that should be okay so if if it so as it says, if it comes out of with A, a 40,3,1 or a 2-1, automatically to city council, and then move to B, if it receives a two-two vote, that it is to come to council for just a procedural, up, down vote, no debate, no nothing. And what the council members will all have is the written report and the background information that that council member put together and what was discussed. So it's comment on us, again, to do our homework and that it then gives a little bit of that in-between of that a 2-2 where there there may not be full agreement still comes. And if a majority of the council and just an up or down says yes, then staff begins really working on it to bring it back for the council decision. Because it's also saying when we look at staff time and staff Sorry, priority. Does it go back
0: to committee then? It goes back to the committee with the staff working on it.
2: Goes back to committee with the staff working on okay. it to finish it, to then bring it up. So even if it, um, if this, and then what we should clarify is when it goes back to committee to staff work on it. If it gets a two-two, the second time around, it if it already got an up or down majority vote, it just comes to city council, because then it's already cleared the the, the threshold. Um, so that's one piece that we would just need to clarify um, for this, and that. Um,
0: what about one, three, and 0-4? four?
2: They're dead for a year. Okay. And and but I always say they're dead for a year, but they're dead in the current form. There is nothing preventing that member from going. What what happened? Four, two, one. Or or one, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. One, one two. two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, yes, yeah, so D one would stay as is. B on D on. Whoa, that that we don't do D A B. That's so weird.
10: <laughs> <laughs> That's that,
2: that, that. Sorry, the attorney in me is having like issues with the D A. Um, that the two two then goes through the up down back work on it, then to City Council, and that if a proposal out of out of committee receives a zero four one three, or a one two, it is kaput, put. But it doesn't mean again that you can't change it or amend it and have it go through the, the process again. It just, in its current form, it is dead.
0: Okay. So that's your-
2: That's my motion.
0: That's your motion. I second That's uh, seconded by Council Member Laloie.
20: Just really quickly, hold on. How many motions are on the table because-
0: There's, there's well, I'll explain.
20: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are
0: three motions on the table. Only one has been seconded. There's Council Me- Mayor's, Vice Mayor Geddes' motion which is the, let's just call it the proposal that says, um, unless there is a majority vote of the committee, the item is dead for a year. There's Council Member Valenzuela's substitute motion, which is reflected mostly from the discussion last time, which says if the committee votes, um, if the committee vote is 2-2, 1-3, or even 0-4, that a majority of the council can uh, two two passes automatically one three and zero four can go to the city council for an up or down vote as to whether or not the staff should be working on it and it should be sent back to committee. Neither of those motions have yet received a second. Councilmember Kaplan's motion um, is uh, is a in between. It says that if it is um, Uh, uh, 2-2 that uh, it doesn't pass to go to the council but the council can take the procedural vote up or down to have the staff work on it and then have it sent back to committee for consideration Um, if it is 1-3 or 0-4 it is dead in its current form for a year 2-1 passes to the council 1-2 dead for the year so, Those are the three, and that was seconded by if, Council if, and Member it, And if
2: it gets another 2-2 out of committee, it automatically goes to City Council because there was already that first procedure, 5 oh, vote.
20: Very good.
0: Okay, well, that's additional clarification. So if I
20: second
2: Councilwoman Valenzuela's well, motion, is, if I second, is that off the table? No. You would now need to substitute mine because I was the only one that got a second. So, hers would be a substitute motion. Okay, count, let,
0: let, let's hear, for, okay, Council Member Valenzuela, is there's only one full motion on the table that has been seconded. Council Member Valenzuela.
14: This feels like Groundhog's Day. So, I'm going to um, just say, I'm just going to say democracy is messy. And I want to honor the clear request we're getting from the city manager to be like, let's not have staff spend a ton of time on something that nobody supports, while still also honoring the foundational premise that if five of us, when you say who governs the city, we do. And if five of the nine of us say we support something, then that should be policy of the city, right? Like, that's my foundational. Everything else is extra, right? So... Requiring a three-four or four-four vote to get out of committee is not a majority vote. That's not even a supermajority vote. That's 75% vote threshold, right? And so we're creating a situation where three council members can stop anything from happening on this dais, which is not something that I support. And I don't think that we should be setting up a system where if you get less than that, and there's one or two members who say, "Well, I just don't like this," that it just doesn't move, um, because that's not really honoring the principles of our city and our charter and how we do business. So I'm saying this to say, like to the city manager's point about more work, and I know we talked about this, so this is going to be repetitive, but it feels like the point needs to continue to be made. We're not asking for more work to bring something back for reconsideration. All that would be coming back is exactly what the committee saw. It'd either be the council member's proposal or whatever staff proposal was at committee that the committee voted down. That would come to council and it'd be an up-down vote. Like, we want that reconsidered because we think that's enough of us on this dais think that that's important and that those two or three members, with respect, we disagree. So, I don't like the fact that we're creating a situation where, as was mentioned before, people who don't sit on these committees are now stuck because we don't sit on every committee. And that's, that's not an honoring what we do for our members. Like, I can't tell my committee, my community, that I just don't represent you on budget. I'm sorry. I don't sit on budget budget decided not to do this i have no voice in what budget does until the you know like that doesn't make that's not good either so i'm going to go back to the original motion that i have here on the table which is to approve the document that mindy drafted because this was after many many hours of this exact same conversation when we said look it's not perfect because it is messy but at least we can say this honors that principle it gives a clear process it takes some of the work off staff's team's plate because we're still not asking them to do every ordinance every time And and it still creates a pathway for five of us on this dais if we agree on something to provide that direction and say we want this to move forward. That's democracy in our current charter form. So my motion is to keep the clerk's original language with the one clarification point I had, which was to add the reconsideration if a report back from staff gets rejected at council. That is what we talked about at our conversation in January. And I just think that as messy as it is and as much as we'd love to not spend long hearings here at the council that like I can't tell people that this isn't this is honoring our our principles as a decision making body if we do it any other way, because there has to be a path forward as messy as it is. And again, I'm just going to cite the irony of the fact that we're doing this conversation again when the whole point was to try to stop us from doing conversations over and over again. Um, So that's my motion staff report with the clarification change which (laughs) aligns with what we talked about. On this dias just a few weeks ago. Thank
0: okay. you.
20: Okay, I'll second that
14: motion.
0: Okay, that motion. So now we have a substitute motion on the floor. I'm gonna hear from uh, Vice Mayor Getta, then we have one test matter of testimony of Mr. Bliss. He'll testify, and then we'll vote on the substitute uh, first, and then if that fails, we'll vote on the main motion.
18: Thank thank you, Mr. <laughs> Mayor. Again, and then this is Murphy's law, you know. You do give give an idea up, you know, and here's what happens, right? But uh um, so I, I will I will support you know Councilmember Kaplan's motion here, uh, and and frankly we, we're going to visit this in a year, and um, every, we review the, the rules and procedures every year, uh, and uh, and you know I will say this I'm not I was never a fan of the council log, and if this turns into a council log part due, then come next year I'm going to be asking that we remove that uh, that 30 day situation because we really need to be able to ha- make tough decisions. And frankly, if you can't get another council member to support you on a committee, to get two people on a committee to support you, that means you haven't done enough legwork to talk about and advocate for your issue. So to me, that is, that is fundamental. And so um, with that, Mr. Mayor, I'll, uh, uh, I'll, I'll end there and say that I'll support the, the uh, first main motion and oppose the substitute motion.
24: Yeah, this really does feel like Groundhog Day. I think people at home are probably thinking the exact same thing. Um, I'm actually not here to speak specifically to that, although this is directly connected. It's around uh, Rule 17C that was brought up. Um, This week, our commission, uh, which I'm speaking as an individual member and concerned uh, citizen, was greeted with an interpretation uh, by the city clerk and the uh, city attorney's office uh, related to a requested agenda item connected to our 2023 work plan that basically interprets Rule 17C as prohibiting us from agendizing a discussion item, not an action item, um, before the work, uh, our 2023 work plan is approved by the PMPE committee, which uh, means that we cannot begin our work uh, without direct approval of the PMPE committee and was not what we were actually discussing uh, when we were negotiating the, uh, the plan. And as I review Rule 17C, I do not see any language that explicitly prohibits our commission uh, from agendizing discussion topics related to our proposed projects, priorities, and recommendations. But based on that interpretation, that's what we were, uh, that's what we were agreed with. Now we worked through it uh, and it seems like we're going to get through it, but I still have strong concerns about what happens at a future city council meeting um, or a future P and PE committee uh, where the rule 17C is used against us basically to uh, prevent us from agendizing discussion items relevant to our work when like, especially when we have only 10 months, uh, 10 meetings generally per year based upon the current calendar. So, I have some, like I have several questions, which I'll I'll also raise, and I would love to hear uh, your response to that. Yes, I may. Um,
0: so, this I know how this occurred, and it's a timing issue in a way because we do have a new process by which we want the P and committee <clears throat> to work with the commissions uh, on a work plan. And and to have the commission then follow the work plan, but here's the reason for it. And in the end, I think I'm gonna agree with with you, surprisingly or not. But the purpose is, again, this is a staff workload issue. We wanna make sure, and by the way, when the Police Review Commission does its first quarter plan, please include the information, as we've talked about, the information that you are going to need from the police department and the city management so that that can all be discussed ahead of time. So once it's approved by P&PE, you can then go do your work without any of the worry about the fighting that will go on about what you're entitled to, not entitled. That's the purpose of this. I'll make a broad statement, and Madam City Attorney, please disagree with me if you want Or Madam Clerk, it's okay, because you've got two great public officials here. If the... Police Review Commission wants to agendize that the sidewalks in Sacramento should be blue, to use uh, Council Member Maple's uh, example. You agendize whatever you want. I mean, you are a commission. You, you talk about what you want within, and i that may be the wrong hypothetical, within, within the subject matter, where the tension results and where we are going to regulate mm-hmm the commissions in, in a hope in a constructive way is to say, you're not going to get, you're not going to get the city staff working with you or the information that you need unless and until we work it out ahead of time. Mm -hmm. That's what we want to do. But the idea that you you agendize and talk about, uh, I think you can talk about whatever you want. That's not our role. I think to, 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 to basically say what you can and can't talk about. But so is that distinction, please, uh, uh, Madam City Attorney, Madam Clerk, uh, it's okay to talk about this because I've got to tell you something. I spend more time on running interference here on all of this stuff, especially with the Police Review Commission. And so to at least clarify some of this stuff publicly could, could be helpful. I agree. Yeah.
3: It might help. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay. because as
3: you've all been talking, I've been working, um, and trying to work with um,
14: both the city clerk's office, mm-hmm. your staff member, Callie Rivas, on a way to move forward the discussion item at yes. the police commission next okay. week that doesn't interfere with the PMPE
3: process. Right. So I think we have a good recommendation so that they can move forward on Tuesday night and they can talk about it and supplement their work plan. And that way, um, because they want
14: to talk about it, because there's a timely discussion item pending based on this council discussion and they asked the commission to do more work, but I mean, that's, this is off topic about, what I know it considering, is,
3: but I think that, um, but, what, but what, I, what you
0: I, I'm telling you I've spent more time running interference here and I'm frankly getting tired of it because that we go round and round and round here. The issue is how does the city team work with these commissions? And if a commission is quote out of control, I'm not saying you are if any commission is out of control, The city management the city clerk city attorney should not have to run circles trying to accede to every request that i believe that's in support of the team hold on so that's why the plan has to be clear about how the city staff at all levels works with these commissions and what information needs to be fried that's the purpose of it but we should not be telling commissions that what they can or can't or should or shouldn't talk about that that's well, why do we need to do that?
14: And we're really I, off topic
0: now. Okay.
24: I completely agree, Mayor. I appreciate that public clarification. Um, and it really, I mean, it's re- like it's related specifically to responding to your request to have questions because in order for us to have a, like to be able to hone our information requests, we have to have these discussion yeah. items for uh, our, so with, with question, the full so commission, okay. not
0: just- You can go beyond two minutes, minutes when there's share. questions and answers here, okay? <laughs> Go ahead.
1: I have no more speakers. Good. All right. Thank you.
0: All right. Now we've got a substitute. Mo- we've got a substitute motion by Councilmember Valenzuela, second by Councilmember Vang. Let's call the roll on that motion, please. So,
1: wouldn't we call the roll on the substitute motion by Councilmember Kaplan, which is the last motion no. on the table? Mine was the only first. Mine
0: was the first. first was the first, motion. first motion. And, then Valenzuela
2: uh, the substitute- and Vang. Was the substitute we have to take the substitute first? perfect
0: Yep. Yeah. Okay. Clarification.
19: Point of clarification. Uh Councilmember alanzuela So if something dies at committee, because it gets a 3-1. One, one, three. A one,
2: three.
19: Uh, one three. three. What is your proposal for it coming back to council if ever? Can you do
14: I am moving the clerk's draft item. So essentially, if an item doesn't get sufficient votes to move forward at committee, which is one, three, or zero, four, there'd be a one time opportunity where the sponsoring council member could bring it to the council for an up down vote for reconsideration. Under the other proposal, that would not exist for the one, three, and and zero, four votes at committee.
0: Except to be able to go to the mayor or the city manager.
14: Correct. You ready for a call. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You want to make I, it I know I just have to say what we're thinking. I just I'm sorry cuz you just keep bringing it up and I just have to say it. The the city voted down strong mayor multiple times and, and they did it because they want the full council to be able to have that's a voice why. on these processes and so I guess I just I don't feel comfortable giving one person that much authority over that much important business but that's my final comment, mayor.
0: Let's call the question on the substitute on the substitute motion by Councilmember Valenzuela.
1: Thank you. Councilmember Council Kaplan? No. Councilmember Laloey? No. Councilmember Talamantes? Yes. Councilmember Valenzuela? Yes. Councilmember Maple? Yes. Vice Mayor Guerra? No. Councilmember Jennings?
20: No.
1: Mayor Pro Tem Vang? Yes. And Mayor Steinberg? No. The motion fails.
0: Motion fails 45. Please call the main motion by Councilmember Kaplan.
1: Thank you, Councilmember Kaplan. Yes. Councilmember Laloyi. Aye. Councilmember Talamantes. Yes. Councilmember Valenzuela. No. Cool. Councilmember Maple. Aye. Vice Mayor Guerra. Aye. Councilmember Jennings. Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Vang. No. And Mayor Steinberg. Yes. The motion
0: passes. Okay, that ends the uh, Council agenda for uh, the evening of the formal agenda. Are there uh, members of the public to testify on items not on the agenda?
1: Uh, yes, Mayor, I have six members in chambers and a few online. The first is Carlos Valdez and Kyle Williams and Samuel Lewis.
28: members. Uh, I'm here to talk about my experience when it comes to, uh, you know, I'm I'm a construction worker. Uh, uh, I came to this country, you know, and uh, not knowing what to do, you know, not having a trade. I went into construction. I went into an apprenticeship program that made uh, my life uh, to me a success. I was able to get married. I have four kids, uh, all of them. I haven't paid a penny for them, you know, uh, to come to this world. And uh, I am making still uh, a good living wage. And uh, for somebody who wasn't born in the United States, it is a big deal of difference when you join an apprenticeship Mm -hmm. program and uh, you get educated. Uh, Since I didn't have the chance to go to high school, Okay, that was my way to to go through a different uh, uh, the other four-year uh, uh, college. You know, I graduated, I graduated as a, a carpenter a carpenter journeyman, and uh, thanks to that, I gave my kids the choice of going to college or having them to choose what they want to go. Something that I didn't get when I was young. Uh, One of them, my oldest daughter, she became an apprentice, uh, driver lather apprentice. Uh, My son, he just became an apprentice this week. Uh, My wife, at age of 44, joined the apprenticeship program. She just graduated as a driver lather. And this is to tell you how much of a difference it makes to have the chance to go through an apprenticeship program. And I would love for you guys to support you know, these type of, uh, uh, of uh, decisions. Thank you for, for your comments. Your
1: time is complete. Thanks. Our next speaker is Kyle Williams and Samuel Lewis.
4: By the way, congratulations to you and the family.
29: Does it start when I talk? Here we go. Um, The little things is what really makes a difference in a city. And I'd like to thank all of you for attending, watching, and serving on the council. And how's the backhand, Mr. Mayor? What's that? How's your backhand? (laughs) Little levity. Little levity. (laughs) Giuliani cleaned up San Francisco by the little things, if you study it. Who's in charge of downtown, by the way, up here on the council? That'd be Mrs. Valenzuela. Um, this is a win-win-win by minimizing the use of leaf blowers. I was never against getting rid of leaf blowers, but I, I evidently 24 or something, there would be no more purchases of leaf blowers, right? Gas leaf blowers by 24 is what I understand it. I'm for minimizing the use of leaf blowers because if you've been down here for any amount of time, They blow dust around half of the year. Have you noticed? Everybody that's paying attention's noticed. It's almost comical. Most people are away from work and whatever, so they don't notice it, but there's more and more people working in their offices, so more and more people are being annoyed by it. You would be a star if you took this on. So anyway, I would highly recommend it. Blow once a month, for example, for the next four to six months, something like that. Just alter it anyway. I've got all the data if you want to get it from me. And one of the things, I only have 20 seconds left. It's impossible to make a point in three minutes, by the way, Mr. Mayor. Does anybody know how snow service works? Anybody have a cabin up in Tahoe? Do you ever hire snow service when there is no snow? Why do we have leaf blowers constantly blowing when there are no leaves?
1: Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Samuel Lewis, then O, then MVW. Samuel Lewis. Please start the timer.
5: Interesting
0: how you love to walk away when we give our public comment, Just me. You want to speak? You're welcome to come speak when it's your turn. Otherwise, please please respect the process. Go ahead. Please begin. Let's start the clock.
30: I was going to say I haven't started speaking yet. If you can,
1: oh, we started this clock when you entered the dais. Please proceed. Ah. Okay, that's against rules of procedure, but
30: that's okay. Maybe you do your thing. There's no way to restart the clock on that. Clock is,
0: has been going, so you might as well speak. You might better speak now, please. Thank you.
30: Remember how you guys were talking about how you like to hear from your youth? I'm your youth of Sacramento. I feel very disrespected right now. And I am from Katie Maples District. I'm literally your youth in Sacramento and you're not letting me speak. I deserve two minutes of your time. That's very disrespectful. Mayor Steinberg, I'm looking at you. That's very disrespectful.
17: I'm not sure. I would say a woman. Huh? What? What was huh?
1: that? Maybe you can't even do your job right. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Your time is complete. Our next speaker is O, then M V W, then Angel Lopez.
30: That was so fucking disrespectful. Oh the fuck? I had a whole thing planned. You're talking about how you support your youth.
1: Please, <laughs> please let the next speaker speak. I'm literally the speak. youth.
30: I'm literally your youth.
1: Please I let the next speaker
30: speak. That's such bullshit. Please
1: don't disrespect the next speaker. We do need to take comment from the next person. They're not
27: disrespecting me. I feel disrespected. Staff? Po-
1: you um, oh, you can speak to these microphones. Staff, please start the clock.
30: Start the clock. You didn't even tell me when I had to start the clock. That's so fucked up. Why, 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 why don't we move?
0: Do you have any callers online? Oh, you're going to... Wow,
27: so we can't speak at Well, all?
0: If, if the next speaker would like to speak, you're welcome to right now. did
30: not even let me know when the clock is no, speaking. You sa- You've never, ever, ever, ever done that before. You've never done that before. You've never done that before. What, what, what is your point I there? did not even say a word to you and you started the clock. I did not even get to speak. I have the right to say what I have to say. It is public comment, correct? Okay. And you're supporting, and you have all said about how much you're supporting the youth, correct? I am the youth of Sacramento. What's your name? My name is Samuel Lewis.
0: Samuel, take 60 seconds. Go ahead, tell us what you got to say.
30: Hello, City Council members. My name is Samuel Lewis. My pronouns are they, them. I'm the youth of Sacramento. At the end of January, majority of Sacramento City Council members voted to expand and fund the militarization of Sacramento Police, even after events of the murder of Tyree Nichols and the community voices screaming and demanding those funds go to concrete supportive funding for housing, defunding the police, mental health, and community support. I'm here again to uplift those demands. One, we demand no more purchases of military equipment. Two, we demand the City Council approve of all SCPRC recommendations. Three, we demand Sacramento City to create a traffic enforcement dashboard. Four, we demand to end Sacramento PD's use of pretextual traffic stops. Five, we demand the end of Sacramento PD's use of unmarked cars and plainclothes police officers. Six, we demand Sacramento PD's gang enforcement teams and all prob problem oriented policing terms be dissolved. Seven, we demand the removal of Sacramento police officers from the traffic enforcement entirely. Eight, we demand Sacramento PD to stop all sweeps of the unhoused. Again, eight, we demand Sacramento PD to stop all sweeps of the unhoused. Our most vulnerable population is under attack from the city. All police must stop racist harassing and stealing of unhoused communities that I am a part of. Again, I'm a part of. Katie Maples District, District 5, Oak Park. Again, I'm 24 years old. I am part of Sacramento's youth. Thank you. Next speaker.
1: Next speaker is O, then MVW.
27: I don't know where to start first. Katie's white woman excuses and her weak-ass excuse of a town hall last week. Or Karina, who received the most cop money for her campaign that had a town hall yesterday where, of course, cops were present, and her staff intentionally crumbled up a question from a resident in her district about her vote on the Rook. Hmm, I wonder why. To the mayor who spoke at Karina's town hall, who acts like he cares about the unhoused population in this city, who claims he's working so hard to get beds open, but folks don't need beds, they need housing to all of y'all, allowing Sean out of all people to give a presentation about women, because Sean has such a great track record with women in our city, right? Go Google it. To Lisa, who shows her face at events for Tyree Nichols, showing support to Tyree's family, but yet her and the majority of y'all voted for, to further militarize SAC PD 24 hours after attending his vigil, and have yet taken any stand to make sure what happens to Tyree's family is what happened, what Tyree's family is going through never happens again, especially not in our city. Your talk means nothing to us when all of your guys' actions continue to show us that y'all don't give a fuck about us. Today's LA City Council voted a police robot dog through. So my question is to you, where do you draw the line in Sacramento? A rook first and a police ro- robot dog next? Been- to end, I'm gonna say this, this is our fourth week here. And we demand justice for all victims of police brutality. These are all men that have been murdered by SAC PD. We demand justice for Donald Vulnerable. We demand justice for Jeremy Southern. We demand justice for Brandon Smith. We demand justice for Joseph Mann. We demand justice for Dejon Filano. We demand justice for Stephon Clark. We demand justice for Daryl Richards. We demand justice for Augustine Morales. We demand justice for Lion Rodriguez. And we demand justice for Juan
1: Carlos Rodriguez. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is MVW and then Angel Lopez.
13: The U.S. Department of Labor has sued Sacramento City Council member Sean Lalloy for a variety of labor violations as owner of the local Viva supermarket chain. The federal government alleges that Lalloy threatened to deport employees who cooperated with an investigation into his grocery stores. Underpaid employees and employed minors in hazardous occupations. He's been in the feds' crosshairs for over a decade. Investigators in 2009 determined that Laloy and his companies violated federal laws regulating overtime compensation, minimum wage, child labor. Child labor. After each investigation, defendant Laloy agreed to agreed to future compliance and to pay back wages owed. But despite these promises, the secretary's third and most recent investigation not only revealed flagrant ongoing violations of the Fair Labor Standards Act, but that Laloye sought kickbacks from his employees who had received back wage payments In resolution for prior investigation. <clears throat> the federal government ordered him to pay $35,000 in back wages, which he did, however, because, you know, he's such a great guy. He had people impersonate investigative, investigators to gather information from his employees and identified which ones cooperated and threatened them with immigration, including deportation. In addition to forcing employees to sign unknown documents that they weren't allowed to read beforehand, he directed employees to lie about their employment. Leloy employed at least five workers under the age of 18 and children under the age of 16. He had them working more than three hours a day when school was in session, in excess of 18 hours a week. He also violated the Emergency Paid Sick Leave Act. The lawsuit names more than 60 employee claims and violations at his stores in Rancho Cordova, Dixon and Del Paso Heights. Thank you. Next speaker is Angel Lopez.
1: And following Angel Lopez is Barry Boyd.
0: Excuse me. There's no shouting from. I'm going to ask you to I'm going to ask you to leave if you continue yelling out from the audience. You've had your opportunity to speak. Okay. Come on. Please speak.
3: Hi, my name is Angela Lopes and I'm here on behalf of the dog at CR 2 green space. Um, you guys are probably going to get sick of me because I'm going to come a lot. I can't possibly say what I need to say in the next two minutes, but I'll begin by saying that none of us that are frequenting the park at this time, which is over 100 people a day on nice days, we don't understand the process or who's empowered to make these decisions that have been affecting our lives. Um, you put out a survey that came back in and 75% of the community wanted it to remain a dog space. Now the narrative is that only people at the dog park filled the survey out, which is clearly not true or would have been hundred percent before the survey was complete. The city or parks and recs, we don't know who came in and put in a temporary fencing situation that is unsafe for many reasons, which I will try to get to in a second. I'd also like to mention the big, di- big disconnect happening with the city right now front street SPCA and Bradshaw are all doing major um, social media blasts to have people come and rescue animals because the shelters are full and they're starting to have to euthanize. So, sorry, I'm really emotional. So to close, one of the only accessible green spaces for dogs for people that are disabled like myself and elderly is unacceptable. The temporary fencing that is put in is way too small to accommodate the amount of dogs that go there. The fence has come down three times. The second time it came down on me, I have a torn hip right now and an MRI to prove it. I called 311 and the only results we got was them putting the fence back up. Um, I can't safely sit within that fence with 20 to 40 dogs running around on the given day. Small dogs aren't safe. The actual gate that you go in and out of doesn't close. Dogs can open and close on their own. And I have so much more to say within two minutes, but I don't understand how a handful of disgruntled people can bend the ear of Rick Jennings and the Parks and Recs to affect the lives of hundreds that use Thank that you for your day. comments. Thank you for
1: your comments. Our next speaker is Barry Boyd.
31: Good evening. I had my hand up to speak on item, agenda item 30, and my hand was up during the debate as well as, as it stayed up prior to Commissioner Bliss being called and it stayed up after Commissioner Bliss's and or excuse me, comments were concluded. To that, if the council doesn't mind, I would like to have this opportunity to give my two cents that I wasn't uh, accorded on agenda item 30. I am fully in support, it's a moot point because the vote was already taken, but I still wanted to make my comment that I fully support uh council member valenzuela's motion being that it was the democratic reasoning behind it and not the dictatorship and or proposed strong mayor wannabe city council notions that were also up for vote the audacity that this council had made the comments if a commission has run amok or has gone out of control that there needs to be a individual and or two individuals to rein them in. Being a city commissioner, being a city board member, a regular attendee of different commissions and boards, I have yet to see any commission and or board act in any manner outside of his democratic oath that was taken by each of those commissioners and or board members for this council to make a notion as if there are outrageous behavior going on is is i don't want to use that adjective
1: thank you for your comments our next speaker is richard wake
16: <clears throat> yeah, thank you for allowing me to speak on, the, on uh, public matters, not in the agenda. So, you know, somebody, one of the previous speakers complained about, um, you know, the vote on the Rook as it pertains to City Council District 1 and expressing uh, different viewpoints. And, you know, I called in two weeks ago saying, uh, talking about this very same thing as it pertains to blocking people on the council members' Facebook page, not their personal Facebook pages, but they're public Facebook pages. You know, a lot of us that have health issues and other things going on that can't attend city council meetings depend upon calling into these meetings, phone calls and emails, and yes, actually posting people on Facebook, on uh, comments on Facebook. And you know, the other after that vote with the Rook was taken, I posted on Councilwoman Kaplan's Facebook page, I said the following, please don't talk about African-American history when you voted for a rook. Oh. There, was no foul, there was no foul language. There was no offense <laughs> taken. Uh, no, no names were called. That's exactly what was said. And she blocked me from her council person Facebook page. That's not only wrong, it's against the law. It's against the law. And you know what? For, for those of you that know me, or even if you don't know me, let me just say this. I'm a poker player, and I'm a good one. I never bluff. Never ever. I will take this to the media. I will take this as far as I need to take it. You guys, I've talked about with this with Council Member Jennings staff. I've talked with uh, uh, Mayor Pro Tem Vang staff. I've talked with Maisha at Mayor Steinberg staff and Zach staff. We're going to get this resolved one way or the other. We can do this the hard way or we can do it the easy way restore me on your Facebook page immediately, or I'm going to do whatever it takes to get it restored. Thank you.
1: Thank you for your comments. Our final speaker is Tess Townsend.
19: Um, hi there. Um, I've heard the city's undertaking a strategic plan. Um, I wanted to know when the public um, engagement component will happen. It's really important to engage the public and something that you know, ongoing and expansive. And um, it's really important that that public input be well advertised. That's it.
1: Thank you for your comments. Mayor, I have no more speakers. Okay,
0: thank you. Council ideas and questions. Uh, Vice Mayor. Uh, I
1: know uh, I, Mr.
0: Mayor, I have an adjourned
18: memory, so I'll go um, at the uh, end. Mr.
1: Mayor, I made a mistake. There is one more person, Jack okay. Blatner. Okay. I apologize. It's okay. Um, Jack Blatner.
32: Thank you, and uh, sorry for the false hope to the uh, council members. Um, Good evening, Mr. Mayor and Council. This is Jack Blattner with the Sacramento Metro Chamber. Um, I just wanted to talk tonight about Measure O. Uh, We were so pleased that the city and the county reached that landmark partnership agreement back on December 6th, Um, and as we understand the text of Measure O, this made December 6th 2022 the effective date of implementation for the measure um this is significant because according to section 12100020a um within 90 days of the effective date uh which would then be March 6th yesterday um the measure demands that the city manager identify and authorize the number of new emergency shelter spaces that equals 20% of the minimum threshold so we are hoping to uh to hear about those findings at council soon um and also looking forward to the uh data collection reports uh that section 1200 g requires after march 6th which again was yesterday so we look forward to hearing from uh council soon about the city's progress on measure o and its finding requirements and uh, we appreciate your consideration thank you
1: thank you for your comments now, Mayor, I have no more
0: speakers. Okay. thank think let's do council ideas and questions. Vice Mayor? Uh, uh, I have, uh, Mr. Mayor, I have a general memory, so I'll go at the You end. do go last. Okay. Uh, council Member Lelowy.
4: Thank you very much, Mr. Mayor. Um, just wanted to share some uh, exciting news that came out of Twin Rivers. Um, this year versus last year, their English language arts, their scoring is up on average of 6%, uh, which is very, it's a great news considering um, what these kids had to go through COVID. And uh, mathematics is up by 15% compared to last year. So I want to congratulate uh, Superintendent Steve Martinez, the staff, obviously, um, the, the teachers and um, the, the students for doing a great job. These are great numbers. However, we still need to figure out how we can invest in these students that attend these schools. Um, So hopefully that's something that we can discuss regarding some of these expenses that are coming up and some of these wonderful kids simply cannot afford. Thank you very much. Thank you. Councilmember Jennings. Thank
22: you, Mayor. Um, Just want to make a couple of announcements of things that are going on in District 7. And to the, the speaker who spoke during public comment about one of our parks, Uh, I'm not quite certain of her name, but she came with the service dog. And um, I have a staff member here, Chief of Staff, Dennis Rogers, who's here. And if he can be of any assistance to you with whatever concerns that you have, he's available right here in the back for you to be able to speak to. Okay? Uh, I just want to announce that we're going to do some tree planting this weekend at Reithman's Park. Uh, We ask you to join us Saturday at 9 a.m. as we plant trees. This is uh, a... Commissioner Parks and Rec's Commissioner Devin Lavelle's final event in district seven. I I would say that Devin has helped us to plant well over 500 trees uh, in our district. Um, That number probably is an understatement and we are so sorry to see him go. He has been an excellent commissioner and we have a good one in Joe Flores who is coming in to replace him, but we want to make sure that we send him away with lots of volunteers who are out there helping us to plant these trees. Uh, Volunteers must sign a a waiver, and and minors need parent permission. Uh, We we supply all the tools and all of the the learning that needs to be as far as planting a tree. All that's being done in partnership with Sacramento Tree Foundation and all of our partner agencies. So that's going to take place once again this Saturday at 9 a.m. in Reithmouth Park. And then we have a farmer's market at the Elks Lodge on Riverside Boulevard. It is back and we want you to come by every Saturday between the time of eight to nine to pick up fresh produce as well as get to know your neighbors in the community. We have two district seven little league that are opening up uh, in the next few weeks. Pocket little league is opening up on Saturday the 18th and land park little league the following week of the 25th. And we want to wish all those young people who are playing uh, little league to have a great season. And then for the city manager, I just wanna mention that uh, the weather update is not looking good for this weekend. Uh, for the whole, from Thursday through Sunday, they're anticipating one and a half to three inches with the heaviest rainfall coming on Friday. There are flooding concerns, standing water, and local ponding in roadways. And so we pulled the report just so that we could be proactive uh, with our communities and the things that are going on with our. Uh, homeless population, uh, and any other thing that we need to do. So I just wanted to make note to the weather that we're expecting to see uh, this weekend.
8: Thank you, Council Member Jennings. And so our Office of Emergency Management, along with DCR, is monitoring this. And uh, as it uh, triggers the the thresholds for us to open up our respite center for a warming and uh, just the respite center in general, that that will happen and this council will get updates as soon as it's activated. Thank you.
0: Councilmember Talamontis.
19: Um, I just want to do a thank you to my team, um, Scott, Eduardo, and Kayla, for hosting our first ever District 3 Town Hall. We had a little bit over 100 people that attended. Um, it was great, you know, it's a brand new community, Northgate, and Natomas. I had a, over 10 requests for a dog park, so <laughs> I'll have to figure out how to get a dog park in the area. Um, but Northgate's coming along. The Hispanic Chamber opened up our small business grant program. So our small businesses along Northgate are eligible for 2500 up to 5000 uh, to assist them um, with whatever needs they have. And we finally have banners um, down Garland and Northgate. The beautification of my corridor is well underway, and we have a lot of work ahead of us. But just thankful for the council before me uh, that gave me those dollars to be able to help my community.
0: Thank you. It was a great meeting. You did a great job. Councilmember Maple.
11: Yeah, I just wanted to announce um, we're doing an event in partnership with City of Refuge, it's an amazing amazing organization in District 5, um, working with women and children in Oak Park. Um, and they have recently purchased and rehabbed an ice cream truck and they keep it out front. It's amazing, it's a great resource to the community. So we're gonna we're providing um, ice cream to to the community at large, not just kids, but it's gonna be at Oak Ridge Elementary on Thursday at 2 p.m. So If you want to stop by, say hi, get some ice cream, uh, please do.
0: Mayor Pro Tem.
20: Thanks, Mayor. I actually have just an announcement regarding your town hall in my district happening this Saturday, uh, March 11th, from 10 to 11, and just inviting the community. Uh, Mayor's office is leading that town hall, but my staff will be there just to support and also be there to take any notes. I believe, Mayor, you're having that meeting to meet with um, constituents in District 8 that are in the deferred areas, but it's also in Meadowview. And so- Open for everybody. Open for everyone. So really encouraging folks to attend that. And then lastly, um, I do uh, Mondays with my uh, Come walk with us with our seniors at the Pinnell Community Center. Um, they every Mondays at nine o'clock. Our group is growing. We started with only like five, seven people, and now we have about 20 plus folks joining us, walking um, every morning okay. at Monday, and it's a great way to kick off the week. And so just wanna give a shout out to all the elders and seniors that participate in the program um, and just encouraging folks that if you live in the neighborhood and you have an auntie, an uncle, a grandma, a grandpa that lives around the neighborhood, please bring them to the Pinnell Center and participate in our programming. That's it, thanks, Mayor.
0: And uh, before I turn it over to Vice Mayor, um, speaking of the deferred areas, um, I'm I'm taking my deferred area council member responsibilities very seriously, and in that light, I have one quick budget related request for the city manager tonight, and I know we've talked about this, but with the budget season coming around the corner, I wanna formally make the request tonight. I'd like the manager to please include in his upcoming proposed city budget $50,000 for each council office, 450,000 in total, uh, to support council members in their ongoing efforts and initiatives in their respective districts. There's so many community events. There's so many things that are going on that you're sponsoring that the small amount of money, I think, can really uh, catalyze additional uh, community engagement. Um, And so um, I know a number of council members have been talking to me about that, maybe one in particular. Um, but I think it's the right thing, a um, modest amount of money, and I think it will go a long way in serving um, our constituents and our community, <laughs> okay? I just wanted to get that formally on the ledger. Welcome, okay? Mayor okay. you got an adjournment in memory. Go ahead.
18: Uh, yes, thank you. And um, as we get going, I'll ask the, the uh, city clerk to put up the photo of uh, uh, you know, Francis Beerford Pullum, Poland, and uh, many of you may remember uh, those that were here uh, on Tuesday, September 14th in 2021, I presented a resolution recognizing the 100th birthday of Buford, uh, Frances Buford uh, at here, and we presented her with the key to the city. Um, uh, You know, an amazing woman that I got a chance uh, to meet, but I'm disheartened and uh, sad to share that Frances passed away on Wednesday, February 22nd at the age uh, and vibrant age of 101 years old, surrounded by her family, uh, in her home that she and her husband, Don, bought in Tahoe Park in 1947. Uh, It was a a new park with small trees back then. Uh, Born on September 12, 1921, on a farm uh, in Florin, uh, Frances May Buford was the youngest of five kids. Now, Frances was interested in planes, And flying at an early age. So when she graduated from McClatchy's High School in 1939, that's her right there, yeah. She quickly earned her pilot's license even before she had her driver's license. And in 1943, Frances heard that women were being recruited to fly non-combat missions for the military. She applied, got an interview, and was selected for training with only 1,877 others. She graduated with her class on on October 9th in 1943 to become part of the women Air Force service pilots uh, known as the WASPs, and Frances was one of 147 women who earned their wings, their WASP wings, and served our country during World War II. Frances was always proud of her service in, um, in the WASPs, but her greatest joy was her family, she and Don were married on September 12th 1946 and bought their home in the Tahoe Park House in August 1947, where she raised her kids, Jennifer, Chris, Pete, and Melanie. And Frances's uh, child raising didn't stop with her four kids. Uh, she cared for so many children in the neighborhood. Uh, she called them their grandkids, their adopted grandkids. And that they, they and their parents continued to come to see her uh, up until the very end. Uh, She also out there, you know, was one of those who uh, said hello to all the all the dogs and dog walkers who were out there. Frances was an amazing community member when we threw a parade for her 100th birthday there. She along with ambulance drivers who she supported a lot, uh, police sirens, local TV crews, a caravan of folks, the biggest contingent with all of her neighbors and uh, park dog friends. Uh, She would come by anytime and and walk and meet her furry friends. Dozens joined the parade to honor Frances for her service and for reaching 100 years old. Frances was an inspiration to serve generations of female pilots and to young girls who saw that there are no limits on what you can do. You know, I got a chance to meet Frances, and uh, she knew everyone in uh, in that community. Mayor, you may have uh, gotten a chance to know her walking around there off of 11th Avenue, and, uh, and, and, her, um, and I'm sad but very happy for her long life, 101 years of service, all in Tahoe Park there, in that community. Uh, and our local cemetery, um, her service will be held on March 20th, uh, 2023 at 11 a.m. at St. Mary's Cemetery um, in the Holy, um, Holy Family Crypt area. So uh, thank you again, uh, Mr. Mayor and members of the City Council, to a member of someone who served our com- country, Uh, I'd like to uh, adjourn in memory of uh, today of uh, Francis, one of the greatest neighbors, Francis Buford Pullen. In memory of Francis,
0: we are adjourned.